BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at Patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Welcome, Eric. Nope. Welcome, Christian. Welcome, James. Is this a meeting? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason I've called you guys here today is because I'd like to discuss 40K and how I think we need it's to all do our more. Lives. Oh. I'll oh, I want to do more of it. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Are you in? I'm in. Eric? For what? I missed it. More 40K. <laughs> like what This is, is a support group now what for... Kind of? Oh, I get it. It's not. It's like the opposite of alcoholics. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Instead of encouraging people to stay away from crack, we're saying, please buy our crack. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's go into our Patreon. The, the people who bought into exactly. our crack. Exactly, yeah. Perfect. There's, there's names. We call yeah. it the Imperial Tithe. Uh, on this Imperial Tithe, we're just going to list everyone who has a new patreon to us so uh osborne andrew shaitan jamie comrade waldo peter jordan surprise christian didn't flinch at that daniel comrade, comrade. <laughs> flipping tables cookie christopher isaac marshall sturban 94 what the hell <laughs> what kind of person is sturban ridiculous mm-hmm. damn commies <laughs> carry on so translates to death but okay rogan oh. josh and halloumi ryan sean nolan ursa noir Yermwolf, a rather disgruntled guardsman hmm. helios zero one stefan brooks eckland bj Corey, scott nathan ara aratech aratech it's a word either or Eric and Morris. Yeah, sweet. Thanks a lot for contributing. Um, we're really making some progress. So if you guys also want to contribute, go to our Patreon. You know, the more money you give us, the more time we can actually uh, commit to the podcast. So it helps out a lot. And more content we're able to yeah. release. Yeah, more yeah. and better. Faster, yeah, like, sleeker, we, stronger. We keep tossing out the idea, oh, yeah, let's do battle reports. But that's going to take time and money. So 
if you want to see stuff like that time and money and a little bit of love from our good friend james <laughs> yeah so uh, specifically, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Specifically, <laughs> well, I'm tra- giving you guys handy. Why don't I show you what a little goblin means? is supposed to do? Oh <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, go check it out. Check us out if you can even give us a dollar a month. It helps a lot when you know you got fifteen thousand people doing it. So, yeah, that's that, a lot of money. That would be pretty pretty fantastic for us. Yeah, would be. It would okay. be. It would be <laughs> okay. pretty great. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, go contribute. Uh, we're going to do our community corner next. Uh, this one, uh, it's for the art of wargaming. And uh, the guy who did this podcast messaged me and he's like, oh, hey, loving your podcast, blah, blah, blah. So we just started talking and eventually like he leaked, oh, yeah, I'm doing a podcast too. Like, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a list and I'm sure it's going to be terrible. But mm-hmm. turned out it wasn't. It was actually pretty cool. So basically his... Uh, Thank God, right? Yeah, no, it was actually really good. I enjoyed... I listened to a handful of episodes and then... Uh, all my other podcasts are getting backlogged, so I had to shuffle through all of them again. And that, now my life's chaos, and I can't get it under control again. But basically, the art of war gaming. Life's tough. It's, <laughs> it's rough, man. There's only so many hours in a day to listen to podcasts. And, yeah. But uh, basically, the art of war gaming is um, it's him and his buddy, and they do two things. They do um, like uh, what do you call like medieval sword fighting? Like Hema. Like, yeah, they do some type of Hema or. I don't know which faction they're in or whatever, but they do that, and then they. It's also- like LARPing, but real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not like LARPing at all, then. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, it is role play, and it is a live action, but it's less of a story and more of a contest. Right. Let's pull up the definitions. I have. Get I have. Google out. I actually have their description of of how they describe their own podcast. Oh, okay. If you wanna. No, no, I wanted to speak right. from the heart because I genuinely from the feel like heart. He, this was like this is me self promoting. Yeah, it's not a paid advertisement. No, no, um, or even they wanted it, but, but I'm giving it to them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they begged and pleaded, don't mention. <laughs> but yeah, so they do that, and then they also do 40k. So the concept of their podcast is they uh, are reading like ancient war manuscripts. Like, what's the war manuscript by the famous Chinese guy? Sun Tzu, the Art of War. Yeah, so they've read. They're reading that, and then they're going through that, and, like seeing how they can apply it to like. Um, their HEMA and also how do they can apply it to 40k and also what I really enjoyed like just their day-to-day life um, it, it was very interesting like strike from the shadows no no like it was like <laughs> yeah like it was, it was talking about like the types of people you should get involved in and then it was just kind of like putting into practical terms I really enjoyed it it was quite interesting and informative like it was just and it, it was cool too like when uh, they were talking they're like just talking about war not that they're fighting in a war but they're actually hitting each other with swords when they when they're saying like oh it's tough to keep a shield wall information like they actually have done that and like struggled or know the chaos of battle you know as, as much as the you screams, can the blood no like as much as you can without you know yeah like actually. it's still fucking crazy having yeah like, it's just, it's a people it's swing a strong physical contest yeah yeah so of course. it was very cool go check them out yeah, the art of war gaming there is you know thirty percent forty k in there you know thirty percent that hema stuff and then uh, just day-to-day life so it was very good i enjoyed it um go check it out or don't but probably don't but probably do hmm do you know how to give shout outs no <laughs> we'll get there okay we're he's, lear- he's learning <laughs> we're working on it uh anything else before we dive into our episode no all right so uh what don't point at yaga what, what is yaga that was the I guy's name oh, okay yeah yaga was the guy's name i just didn't know that you were gonna 
I was hoping it would <laughs> put it in the notes if you're not going to use it. I didn't put it in the notes. First, you get mad at me for not having the notes last time. Uh-huh. And now I have the notes. You, I point out stuff in the notes, and now you guys are pissed at me. Yaga. Impossible. That's the guy who does him and the other guy. Cool. All yeah. right. Now moving on. Art of War Gaming. <laughs> now that we've covered that point. <laughs> Why do you guys invite this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you put it in the notes? It's very disjointed, this episode so far. Yikes. No, I think this is actually pretty on track. Mm. Usually there's a huge derailment at the very beginning and then it takes forever to yeah, actually get to the content. We're like, we're like 10 minutes early, so if anyone wants to talk about something for 10 minutes before uh, our episode actually starts, uh, now's your chance. I do enjoy how Christian's like, yeah, let's do 7 o'clock. No, 7.30. Yeah. Now 7.30, but then he comes over at 2. Okay. <laughs> actually, that was really so. funny. So James was hanging out. James and I were hanging out earlier doing something. And um, <laughs> so much worse than actually telling them what it was. No, that's okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so then, like, your text is like, mm. Christian's like, hey, like, do you want to come over early and start recording the podcast? And I was like, Christian, we said seven. And you were the only one who was like, hey, how about 7.30? Like, I can't do it earlier. So we're like, all right, fine, 7.30. Like, we just adjusted accordingly. And then all Life of a sudden, we got on. a text that's like, hey, come over earlier. <laughs> That son of a bitch. That sweet boy Christian. How we love him. Just things changed. It, it, it didn't have to be a thing. I like how you justify it. Um, I was going to hang out with my family, but then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the word for word quote. <laughs> and I ended up here uh-huh. somehow. Uh-huh. It's completely out of my control. <laughs> Yikes. Holy shit. Completely out of my control. All right. Let's uh, get into it then. Episode 66. Uh, this is actually kind of kicking off something different for us. Sure, yeah, so yeah. This is going to be a repeating episode. Uh, if if you are paying attention enough and you care to delve into the meta that is Lorehammer. <laughs> ah, the Lorehammer meta. You would have seen a particular pattern that's that, been followed mm-hmm. for a good number of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're inserting a new style of episode into that pattern. Oh. Yeah. Big things. I'm, okay, I thought for a second you were like, we are? I was like, <laughs> no, I was excited. aren't we? <laughs> I was excited. Yeah. No, we're, we're including um, something that's really important to us is like building the setting of 40K. Sure. Like, more, like we like the story and we like the characters in them, but the setting is always way more important to yeah, us. Yeah, and one of the things we've always done is we've built our own things in that setting. Like we built the Libra Malleus. You've built your chapter or your dynasty. You know, yeah. we all build our own things in this setting. I don't think anyone in our group plays like, like just stock run of the mill. No, no one plays ultramarine. Yeah. Like I think the closest would be Nathan who plays thousand suns custodies and custody. You can't, really you can't, much with no, same with gray knights. You can't, you can build your own stories, but yeah. you can't build your own custody. Yeah. Like that's one of the big things. We love the setting of 40 K and we love being able to add our own flair to it. Yeah. And so we did, um, an episode a little while ago on, on Imperial on planets and yeah. classifications and you know, how do you describe a planet? What are the different ways you can build the life of a planet and give it, like breath and meaning and flesh it out and everything yeah so it's not just desert world exactly yeah because <laughs> that's boring yeah anyway like anyone who does that lacks creative flair why are we looking at christian <laughs> what did i do <laughs> <laughs> he likes star wars that's every planet in the whole universe i hate desert sand world. it gets everywhere <laughs> It's coarse. And the women and children, too. <laughs> Anyways. The um, younglings? 
<laughs> so, so for this, what we've decided is that we're going to pick a book that exists in 40K every go-around, and we are going to run through the non-sentient alien creatures as well as any plants that are described in the book. In another way for you to flesh out stories of you can another way to help flesh out your home planet sure. or if you're writing RPGs you can include That's these things because thing. I mean for us I know for There's us There's a couple where we're going through we're like oh I can't wait to spring that Yeah on no exactly <laughs> like we're writing this and we're like we're just ta- shouting back and forth with each other like how we would put these in our own stories yeah. to screw with all the players. <laughs> so we just want you guys to also do the same thing. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And get as excited as we are. Anyways, so <laughs> this first episode that we're doing is from the 1987 Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader. So this is yeah. the very first rule book that Games Workshop released for tabletop 40K. Yeah. yeah. Christian wasn't even a twinkle in his father's eye at that point. Oh, well, he wasn't. Hmm. I was a twinkle in my father's <laughs> eye at that point. Were you? Yeah. When were you born? Uh, 89. No, you weren't. <laughs> I was a twinkle. Yeah. You weren't a wait, twinkle. Wait, wait, wait. When we say twinkle in the <laughs> eye, are you saying that the, my sperm was in my father's eye? Or are we saying, like, my father thought about having me at Your that father, point? yeah. yeah you, no, no, my dad definitely thought of having me at that point. Oh. You already but, had one messed yeah. up son, and he's like, I need a replacement. <laughs> yeah. He's already working on a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Grant was a miserable <laughs> a little... A terror. <laughs> yeah, terror for the first couple of years. So. Thankfully, first couple? About, yeah. I'm still scared of that, man. (laughs) I have nightmares because of the time I spent with him. Anyways, so 1987, Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader. And this game played very differently from the tabletop that we know now. Yeah, yeah. It played really much more like a a role-playing game. An action role-playing game, though. It was really crazy. Imagine, like, you play current tabletop, but there is a game master also playing with you, officiating and changing the story, narrative, and the terrain around you. And even potentially rules. And and in the rules, yeah. yeah, Like, it was very fluid. I mean, it's obviously very old, but it, it 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 wasn't a tactician's game back then. No, I doubt it would have been. No. I'm sure it wouldn't have been very balanced. I'm sure no, it for sure. Left. It was much more based. they haven't mastered it in 30 years yeah. of <laughs> balancing. <laughs> but it, it was built around a story. Yeah. Everything about 40K was a story driven, which is kind of cool because these things are just gold mines for yeah. different pieces of interest, interesting information you can add to your own story. Yeah. Sorry. So we got three things to keep in mind while we're going through mm-hmm. um, yes. all these creatures. The very first ones is items are, that we're talking about, that the plants and animals that we're talking about, are only from this book. So if you want to hear about void void whales... I want to hear about void whales. They're not going to be in this because they weren't in that book specifically. Yes, exactly. If so, you want to hear about something that's specifically mentioned in like the Dark Heresy series, like mm-hmm. it's not in this episode. Yeah, so don't message us saying we miss these cool things. Yeah, exactly. Because we're going to get to them. Like, we would love to do eventually like a Dark Heresy beast. Bestiary, Absolutely, you know? but the only trouble thing is how many books are there in Dark Heresy to describe all those creatures? Oh, we'll like, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, we will, but there's a lot of stuff yeah. out there. So, so that that's we know point you're excited one. to hear things, yeah. but just remember, we specifically are doing this book. Yeah. Point number two is this book is 33 year, years old, and uh, it could very well stuff that we've talked about could have been retcon, changed, or even just abandoned completely. Yeah, like um, in this book, squats were a very big thing. Yeah, and squats th- don't exist anymore, yeah. right? So there are. Well, it's very possible that yeah, there are they things exist in the lore, but they don't exist in yeah. any stories yeah. or anything well. that's current. Cre- <laughs> when was the last story? Necromunda. 
Yeah, Necromunda. Necromunda yeah, they had, had squats. They have they had, squats. They, so they back, released yeah. uh, they released year, one, yeah. and they actually released they're coming out oh, another okay. one. Yeah. I think they released two even, didn't they? Yeah, I didn't know they're, that. They're, they're, they're but, back. They, they're back. But anyways, like Space Marines in this edition were just they weren't super soldiers. There was no Primarchs. They were like they were just humans, Marines in space. Yeah, you know. So if some of the stuff that we talk about has changed or no longer exists, keep that in mind. We're, we're yeah. talking about this book specifically from this era, right? And then. Uh, I guess the last thing is something we already said. We will eventually cover other beast cherries and plants listed in other world setting books yeah. in the 40K. Universe. Exactly. So keep those in mind. I'm yeah, excited. This was a good on. episode. I learned a lot. A lot of it's, like, it's there's a lot good, of like yeah. very like, oh my God, that's so 40K <laughs> things in here. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. So the first portion that we're going to talk about are all the alien creatures mm-hmm. that were in the book. And the very first creature listed is an amble. Yeah, they're very cool. So I think we're going to try to make this episode um, on video, the very first video episode mm-hmm. on, put on YouTube. So if you want to go check out the images, we, there's a lot of cool old artwork that we're going to be pulling up. So yeah, as we see here, this is an amble. So an amble are 10 foot tall bug apes. They are covered with a hard shell and stand on two legs. Their four, forearms are very long compared to the rest of their body and they will run on all fours. Their appendages end in very large claws, and their mouth consists of two mandibles, serrated mandibles, massive serrated mandibles. Their eyes can see in the heat spectrum. So that's kind of what they look like, these massive hulking creatures. They kind of stand like apes with really broad shoulders and really long forearms (laughs) and really short back legs. But instead of fur, they're covered in like chitin almost. Yeah, yeah, it looks like some type of And it also looks like some flesh as well. Yeah. 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 And just another interesting thing about them is, right, their eyes see in the heat spectrum, apparently. Which comes up into play later. So So they were originally found on the desert planet of Luther McIntyre 9, which was a death world. Uh, And because of this, they live underground because it was really hot. So you're telling me that the Scots made it into space. (laughs) They did in the very first book. I refuse to believe that. (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy about Luther... That's not believable. (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy about Luther um, McIntyre, the planet, it comes up a lot, actually. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a, a prominent it's a throwaway yeah. planet that comes back all the time. <laughs> lot, yeah. You're like, oh, like I just need a name for a planet where this one thing happened in one time. Use Luther McIntyre nine. Like <laughs> it's actually right. pretty funny how many. Wait, times is you it McIntyre or McIntyre? It's McIntyre. Oh, I think is that Irish? It's not Mac. Know. There's no A Dang in front it. of Okay, C. I think that's Irish. McIntyre. I also refuse to believe they got to space, so <laughs> I'll cover my bases. <laughs> is that a threat? <laughs> that's okay. right. You're not gonna let the Irish. I won't let it happen. <laughs> so because that it's a desert planet uh these ambles live underground they create nests or sorry nope wrong thing for misguided reasons here we go attempts have been (laughs) made (laughs) attempts have been made to domesticate them across the galaxy by the imperium and now they can be found on many different planets uh so they were originally intended to be used as attack animals yeah like protection like Guard dogs. Right, Guard yeah, dogs, but like a really big hulking creature, yeah. but it failed miserably because <laughs> they couldn't keep them corralled because they would just burrow their way out. <laughs> yeah, and apparently exactly. like any attempt to do it would just, yeah. they would escape. Yeah. So. You, you cannot domesticate these things. Yeah. But I love that they spread them to many worlds before, before they, they realize. Like, well, like, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so now they're like an infestation on many worlds, not just Luther. Continue. McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Ambles are social creatures, primary st- primarily staying in packs with several adult adults caring for broods of four to seven offsprings. They create nests underground where they live and incubate their eggs within it. These offsprings in their larva stage are called boar worms, and when swarming can be deceivingly dangerous due to the boring into your flesh right, and no, whatnot. Right, no, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Boar worms is actually um, a fairly recent addition. We added it in here, but boar worms I don't think are mentioned actually in the 1987 no. No, I book. Don't think That's so. a from Blackstone Fortress. Yeah. So, but is it very cool to think it, we were kind of just describing like how they did, and the boar worms it just felt like no point to leave them out. Yeah. Here. Uh, so Amble are very competent tunnelers, often making vast systems underground. They also use their tunneling as a way to ambush their prey as they burst upon them, smashing them with their large forearms. So they like they like stun them, I think, is sure. how they describe it. And then they lick them with their dual tongue and their mandibles. And they... Nope, that's oh. not how it works at all. Oh, I think they crush they... their body with uh, their massive mandibles uh, yeah. and... Mm. Then slowly eat them. Seems like a perfect animal to domesticate. (laughs) Right. Just a nice little amble lap. A guard dog. Yeah, Yeah, the bugs and starship troopers just ripping people apart. (laughs) Let's domesticate those. (laughs) Come here, Sparky. Right. So even though they are found on many different planets, Imperial Xenologists have found no sign of genetic drift or other morphic changes other than uh, expected color variations. So they're pretty much the yeah. same across so, the entire galaxy. Which is crazy. Even though they've had thousands of years to develop and adapt to different environments, they're always the same. Yeah. They've reached their peak. They cannot evolve beyond. They're apex. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's in here. Their only emotion is sadness. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick question for you guys then. Because they did bring them back recently yeah. into the lore through... Uh, Blackstone. Blackstone Fortress. Um, do you, are you guys including that new information then? I just said that boarworms are from the You're right, but is that just the only thing you added? Or like, I think could so. any of that other information? I don't know a lot about them, to yeah. be honest. So. The On their Lexicanum page, so we, we were going through the 1987 book and we had Lexicanum and like Wiki open it. So you're time. very, very like, we're seeing what information notes. comes from what. Right. And for the most part, if we came across a different piece of information yeah. sourced in another book, we just left it out. Okay. But this should be everything there is about Ambles. So if it comes up again <laughs> in another book. Probably won't be anything else to add. Okay. Yeah. Just just for clarity. You weren't super clear at the very beginning of the podcast about, about what the whole, the whole book. only taking <laughs> yes. from the Rogue Trader book yes. wasn't very That's It wasn't tough. very clear. <laughs> I get it. Sometimes it's tough. I mean it's seven thirty five, two o'clock. Those are hard concepts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was free. I was just asking if you were free too. He forgot where his family was. He Spending lost time them. with them. I think they left actually. Ah. Like gone. Like yeah. more time so, for Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing to note too is um they eventually the Imperium eventually did make mechanical ambots uh to fulfill that like guard that, dog. Yeah. And they modeled it after these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very cool model. Um it is funny that they're so determined that like you could, <laughs> we're you convinced that this is the perfect <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, and maybe it was part of like the domestication attempt. Like maybe if we make robot ones, the real ones will stay too. Make female like robot <laughs> ones and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> a little bit it, of uh, well, amble waifus there. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny just how determined they were to try to get these domesticated. Ah. Yeah. 
So up next, we have the bouncers. I heard James oh, really wants them. to tell us about the bouncers, actually. <laughs> That's right. As a matter of fact, I had insisted prior to this that I'd be the one <laughs> who talk about them. I'm an expert, some would say. Researcher I'm, I'm for cold. years. Oh. Should I turn this up? Yeah, my thighs are cold. <laughs> Just your thighs. Can, you got thighs. a baby girl. I can <laughs> fix that. I can fix that. <laughs> I, I can fix that. I can fix What's that. the movie is that from? That's from Holes. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's the guy yeah, who's, yeah, yeah. He, right, he's in uh, Psych 2. That's right. Okay, yeah. I yeah. can fix that. I can fix that. <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> I can fix that. That's right. There's a hole in my heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bouncers. <laughs> All right, so bouncers are spherical, balloon-shaped creatures. They are covered in red and yellow veins. Mm. <laughs> it's super veiny like looking, that. too. Yeah. Like. Lacking any real skeleton, they instead keep their shape by inflating sections of tissue within their bodies. They also have claw-like feet, but these are normally not visible. They dwell in caves and live in large groupings. <laughs> There's a bunch of little balls. They're veiny balloons, balls. Yeah. But they are thick veins <laughs> on their bodies. That's yeah. the way like, I like it. It looks, it looks They're weird. ripped for your pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you one like would do You like to shove it. them up and then have them inflate? <laughs> James, you pervert. No, you sick man. Don't like that. <laughs> and just the feet are sticking out. So. <laughs> They're not visible. <laughs> so they kind of just... <laughs> they tickle the end. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> God, you guys are such prudes. <laughs> They're native to the feudal world of Chpal and have adapted to the windy climate perfectly. They, their name comes from their uh, ability to bounce several meters at a time, even reaching second story levels. When this bounce isn't enough to get them where they want to go, they use the wind currents to drastically increase what they can do. They can even be found across oceans using the wind. Yeah, yeah. so they like travel from continent to continent across oceans just <laughs> on the wind. So yeah. that that's like way more of a float and less of a bounce. Yeah. So <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. Even mm. though they can be quite large, they have an inquisitive nature and are even playful. They can mimic speech, which suggests they have a, a mouth? mouth. But there's no description <laughs> of a mouth on oh, their no, mouth. No, it's just like. Like, it's the wind it escaping and yeah, they're, they're making like, vibrations with their tissue. They, they can they have a butt, obviously. <laughs> of course, of course. And that just like kind of farts. How out. do you know they have well, a butt? Well, how does they inflate and deflate if it's not coming? Maybe it just maybe it just goes through their tissue. They can they just push things out like osmosis. Look, if anyone knows anything about yeah. bouncers, it's gonna be James. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, they have uh, a butthole. <laughs> Uh, so they can mimic speech and have even shown interest in activities of others. Bouncers are not aggressive or hostile by nature. Yeah. But yeah, like, these are just cute little cuddly <laughs> bounce boys. That seems yeah. not forty k. Veiny, well, veiny. Once you get into the veiny well, part, well, hold on. And whatever James on. does to them, when they're <laughs> that's grim dark. That's pretty grim dark. <laughs> Slanesh is always pleased with what I do with them. Okay. <laughs> But when threatened, groups of bouncers will jump on their target, extending their claws to impale their victims. However, they seem to rather avoid confrontation due to their delicateness. A single cut or tear in their skin membrane is normally enough to deflate a bouncer, killing it. But they like they travel in very large groups, and yeah. when threatened, they all just congregate on their threat <laughs> and just jump and bounce on it with their claws and rip it to shreds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I, if they eat. 
It doesn't ever describe that they eat they, they, they use the nitrogen in the air. Honestly, like it's it's way more like anybody's a, guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny image. Like you're just doing something and they're just in the background, like bouncing and you Okay. They're just they're just swarming, you're bouncing. It's, yeah, like your 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 ship your pod crashed or whatever in the <laughs> middle of a forest, right? Because these things live in front in caves too. So let's say you crash in front of a cave or you you go in there for shelter and all of a sudden, there's just these things, like 50 of them <laughs> bouncing all around you. Like, <laughs> you're <laughs> the fuck is this place? <laughs> you're just trying to sleep. <laughs> Boing. 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 Yeah. But Boing. a playful nature. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay. Up next, we got the carnivorous sand clam. Mm. There's a nice picture for you. Uh, as you can tell, it's a clam. Oof. So these large, large clams are found on the aquatic world of salutation. They cannot move very fast, uh, so they lay dormant hiding under muddy beaches or whatever kind of liquid area waiting for their prey. And so their sizes they can reach up to is two meters across. So that's fun. That's a six foot across clam. <laughs> Pretty big mm-hmm. clam. That's big enough to fit me in it. <laughs> James inserts ba- bouncer. <laughs> James inserts into clam. <laughs> this is the 40K version of a Turk Deccan. <laughs> and then we roast it all. And then we feast. Yeah. Lorehammer feasts. Mm, nice. Num num. Nice. I was going to say, there's nothing about how these animals taste in here. Is there a section on... That's open to your interpretation. That's it all in, tastes like chicken. That's in the gastronomic <laughs> book that oh, okay. came out in 1997. <laughs> so the clam can feel vibrations or movement in the mud or sand above them. And then they rapidly open, drawing the victim in and snapping shut their shell super quick, trapping them inside to be eaten. <laughs> they then like resubmerge themselves in the sand to start the process. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Some creatures are too large to be fully encased by the clam, and in these cases, the strength of the clam's valves, or shell, uh, will break, crush, or even sever appendages of the victim. If you're caught by these carnivorous clams, your only hope is to kill the clam, thereby freeing yourself. Like, there's no way to pry yourself out. Yeah, apparently, yeah, it's just such a strong snap that you cannot... You can't like just Force open it. Way. You have yeah, to you, actually kill. Yeah, the you clam. could get out if you had like a mechanical like fucking. Sure, but like your hands alone will not do you the trick. Will yeah, do the trick. What about a fork? Probably. <laughs> what if you're trying to eat? Is there it? salt on it? <laughs> you're eating the clam. It's trying <laughs> to eat you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Who will eat first? <laughs> I like all my dinners to be uh, have a fighting chance. <laughs> it it was a uh, funny too going through these books. Um, they had cool little timbits of like information. So they had how to use these in games. Yeah, like for the GM. Yeah, like, yeah. Where would you put these? Yeah. Like, here's a scenario where you could uh, naturally introduce them to your game. Yeah. And like these basically were used as like they described landmines. Landmines. Yeah. <laughs> so like the GM would scatter them secretly across the board and then people would just get eaten by clams. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like if you think I'm not using this in some RPG that I do in oh, the future, yeah. like. Boom, Obviously, <laughs> well, I would, I, controversial opinion. It might even be cool if they did insert a narrative style where it did have a GM. Like if you were playing narrative forty k, like currently, just like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be, be interesting. Sweet. Yeah, and you could just have like well, the we've story thrown around that idea. Even it's interesting. We've done it a couple of times, sort of, sort of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah, no, we have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that might be fun for sure. All right, next on the list. 
Catacan Devil, Catacan Devil, however you want to say Catacan or Catacan. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Don't so, like that. Just wait till you learn. Yeah, about it. <laughs> read about it. The looks don't compare to what it can do. So, <laughs> native to the Imperial Death World of Catacan, these ferocious animals have also been introduced to other worlds across the Imperium. For domestication. For fun. For fun. For fun. You know, you need something to do on the For weekend. For fun. And your, <laughs> your two hours of di- downtime out of the factory. It's nice to right. hunt one no. of these. Well, yeah, you can't sleep. You're on too many drugs. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you do this. Anyways, uh, their body consists of segmented sections, each having a pair of legs. The older they get, the more segments they grow, with large, fully grown devils reaching up to 30 meters long. It's fun. The size of a small train. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like That's them? 100 feet. For <laughs> Their tails end in a vicious stinger capable of poisoning its victims into a dazed state. The devil's front legs grow to become large pincer claws, with one claw being much larger than the other. It's very scorpion-esque on both ends, and the middle is like an armored centipede. Yeah, millipede, centipede. Yeah. What's the difference, technically? Number of Mil- legs. Centa. Also just being two different creatures altogether. Yeah. What we have here are centipedes. I thought like one of them was poisonous, too. But centipedes are, mm. Millipedes are usually pretty docile. Oh, okay. Centipedes are like... Insect predators. What does milla mean? 1,000. What does centa mean? 100. Okay. I don't know. Well, I got myself a biology degree. <laughs> I just found today. it in the dumpster. <laughs> okay. Its head is small and pointed and has a pair. You read that one? Nope. And has a pair of luminous green eyes. Its mouth is covered by small tentacles that uh, sting the prey while the mouth itself is extendable, extendable and has two mandibles for cutting up its prey. It's got a little alien mouth in there. Catacan is just like a nice place to be. It's a vacation spot for sure. For sure. While they live in social groups uh, led by a couple devils and many yo- younger devil spawn. <laughs> That's nice. Devil spawn. <laughs> They're extremely territorial and hostile whether to intruders or other species or even rival devils yeah so extremely aggressive and dangerous like they're not you can't just avoid these they'll seek you out yeah. if you're in their territory yeah, yeah. they're hunters <laughs> 30 meter long <laughs> train hunters. train size at least you can hear them coming hunters i don't know <laughs> no, if you can know, like, they're stealthy <laughs> yeah like could could you hear them coming like there's, it doesn't go choo choo. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you could hear the rustling in the leaves. Or does that just sound like wind? Or I don't know. Like yeah. they sound like amazing hunters. So yeah. maybe you can hear them, and maybe you just can't maybe they're escape. Just too and fast. Is that even worse? Yeah. yeah. Once you hear, it, it's already too late. <gasps> it's already locked. You're already dead. It's like a death knell. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear it, you're dead. Oh, this has got to be one of my favorite creatures, though, that we're about to talk about uh, today. The Catacan uh, Face Eater. (laughs) You like that? (laughs) So for those who aren't watching this, Mark just put up a picture of the actual Catacan Face Eater blown up so it's tough to see, which is that's not his fault. The image is absolutely tiny. And then next to it, a picture of a dishcloth. (laughs) And you'll see why that actually kind of makes sense. So another creature native to Catacan but has foolishly been introduced to other worlds is <laughs> domestication the f- <laughs> is the face the, the eater. Imperium's like 
fuck all Xenos except the wildlife. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then distribute them evenly across <laughs> the galaxy. <laughs> Uh, resembling nothing more than a limp or soggy cloth, this creature is truly terrifying. So hanging from branches in the jungle or pipes and girders in the city, the face eater waits until their prey comes into range, approximately eight feet. Using their powerful muscles, they launch themselves <laughs> onto the face of their victim. Mm -hmm. They latch on using hundreds of tiny but viciously sharp hooks and then oh. begin to suffocate them. You like that. Oh. At the same time... Oh, James getting ideas what he could do with this. <laughs> at the same time, oh. they begin to discharge digestive juices onto their prey to be absorbed back into the face eater. <laughs> Literally does what it says it does. It eats <laughs> <Yes>. your face. <laughs> uh, yes. It just lets the rest of you go to waste. This has to be like the most unassuming thing too. It like looks a like cloth. a dishcloth. <laughs> Nothing in 40k is safe. <laughs> yeah. Even the and dish it could leap eight feet at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know if I ever see a dishcloth in the woods to stay burn the it. away. Yeah, burn yeah. it. Shoot it. Burn it. No, burn the forest. <laughs> burn the whole forest. Yeah. It's already infested. <laughs> but it, the interesting thing is that when we're thinking about it, like it doesn't specifically go after humans, right? No, like this thing will yeah. also go after animals. small children. Oh, yes, small children are human, Mark. Are they though? contrary to popular opinion? Are they contrary to his opinion? <laughs> Not popular. Uh, opinion. No, okay, I'll get behind that. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, but like these exist in the Catacan forest, right? Yeah. So, has this ever latched on to a devil? <laughs> oh, no, right? Like, <laughs> have they tried to breed? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> My God, what have we created? <laughs> it's like the Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, you wanted it bigger. <laughs> you wanted it more scary. We've created the... Per Anyways. <laughs> so once the victim is dead, so it suffocated you, uh, the face eater then lays its eggs within the body, and the maggots will hatch within a matter of hours, mm. feeding upon the body of their host until they grow large enough to morph into adult eaters. Face eaters. <laughs> yeah. So this reproductive cycle is actually extremely fast and has led to many outbreaks on Imperial worlds. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. Can they move? Like, From planets, they, of, they've been introduced. How do they get jump? How do they jump around? Do they move like, eight feet? But they also they like hop? infest everything. Sure. Yeah, they hop. Yeah. They like just fling themselves <laughs> using muscles. Have you ever seen a dishcloth <laughs> get tossed across a room? Just like that. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Except damn. the dishcloth is doing the tossing. <laughs> it's throwing itself. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah. Also, the Imperium has tried to domesticate. Them, of course, right? Yeah, they've tried. Well, they've tried to. They've they, introduced they, them. They're to like, other oh, worlds. this could be great blankets. We no longer <laughs> need to make blankets. But yeah, it domestication also has been slow. It also doesn't <laughs> say how big they actually are. Like, are they yeah. one foot across? Are they five feet across? We don't really know. I mean, just they are, resemble a cloth, but what size are they? Yeah. Are they bedsheet? Yeah, like maybe. I am gonna guess they're probably the size of a human head. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the name Face Eater. Yeah, well, at the very least, it's you not know they like can a, wrap around your head, but why can't they exceed that size? Sure, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything conclusively. I'm just assuming based on their name. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, but it, it doesn't say it anywhere from be. one to eighteen feet. Yeah. Is a reasonable assumption. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Once a face eater has latched onto the victim, very little can be done. Your best option is to flame the creature and its poor victim to limit the spread of this plague. That was just our Killing little. Yeah, that was you, our little. Yeah, you you can't detach it. Like no, you they, can't. They rip latch it off. on and automatically like they're spraying your face with acid, so you're most likely. I thought it could have been kind of cool if you could survive one. Like with the horror horrific cost of your face, but you lose your entire face. Almost, yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. Like it would this, be a cool like veteran, like a Cetacean veteran with just like okay. It only caught like half his face, right? Or exactly, it's, and it's sure. all like here's got the thing about this in it and, is that when this was written, like space marines didn't exist, like we said before, so sure. superhumans weren't a thing yet. Cetaceans, yeah. So yeah, are yeah. the closest, to but they didn't people. really. They weren't like as Cetacean as they are now. Sure, they yeah. were just like humans. Who lived on Catacan, yeah. right. right? But now, like, if this latched onto, like, a Primarch, is the Primarch going to die? Probably not. Space Marine will just start spitting acid back, back at right, it. Yeah. It's like, it's just a you're going to spit on me? <laughs> right? But, you like, motherfucker. So it's, it's very, like, from this perspective, like, this was, like, a terrifying thing. But there are yeah, it's things still, now. It's, it's still bad. <laughs> it's Let's still not bad. downplay <laughs> the no, face no, no. eater. The you're only right. way to truly downplay the face eater is... A group of face eaters is called a flollop. That's right. <laughs> that's right. A that flollop. A flollop of face eaters. Just that's yeah. that fact. Okay. That's canon. Not not joking. Yeah, that's written in one of their books. <laughs> nice. So I like it. That's something I'd add. <laughs> right? You write a story where you're just walking through and like, all right, fucking roll me an agility test. Wait, why? There's a flollop <laughs> coming, so you better prepare yourself. And you're just asking, like, what the hell's a flollop? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> all right. Maybe the- I like it. You don't know me. <laughs> He's got a bouncer in his butt and a flollop on his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's how oh, I want to go. Emperor. <laughs> That's how I want to go out. <laughs> And then make me into a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sure. <laughs> All right. He's not opposed to the idea. Crawlers. So next we got Crawler. Who wants to do Crawler? I'll do Crawlers. All right. I, I couldn't find a good image of this one either. Okay. You could even make one up. Just a real quick sketch on word paint. It, every time I pick up a pencil, it always just turns into dicks. <laughs> It's weird, always, it's weird always, how that happens. It's a, it's a subconscious thing I'm, I'm starting to pick <laughs> up. People draw what they want to see, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. The crawlers. crawler. Native to the planet Luther McIntyre 9, again, mm-hmm. crawlers resemble squid or cuttlefish. Their rear shell has evolved to resemble a screw, which they use to burrow into soft, dry sand or other loose soils. Yeah, one thing to note about this, too, is um, this is not a water creature. Mm. <laughs> a land squid. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. James, like, I'm listening. I'm curious where this might go. I like Not tentacles. Me. Have there ever been any body squid? <laughs> <laughs> Burrow in. <laughs> to loose skin folds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> they feed on microplankton that they pass by as they burrow, but won't pass up the opportunity to attack larger creatures, even humans, that they pass by. So the plankton are also on land on this world? <laughs> yeah, in the soil. Okay. <laughs> I won't question it. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not, a, I'm I'm not a biologist. I'm not a you plankton don't know, biologist. You don't even know about I'm not a, a biologist. Shrimp, right? Okay, so. all right, all right. Now, here's the thing to consider, too. So this is Luther McIntyre. Everyone on this planet is probably drunk. So they're <laughs> probably true. not the most reliable <laughs> That's true. of information. It's all coming together now. Yeah. So... For all we know, this is actually a water creature. They're just walking in the like in the shallows. 
<laughs> I'm on my way home. <laughs> the hell was really, that? The squids are coming. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just alienate everyone who listens to this in the UK and Ireland. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> so they are attracted to vibrations and activity from a considerable distance away. When they have reached their potential prey, their tentacle grasp and pull the victim towards their beak-like maw. They're they're very much a cuttlefish, like yeah, very much. I like this one; it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. There have also been attempts at domesticating crawlers. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> <Of course>. why? <laughs> How else do you think they were going to get off planet? We had to domesticate <laughs> them. Uh, <laughs> while initially simple and successful. These creatures disastrously altered the ecology of these planets in the long term, and attempts are normally abandoned after a few decades. Yeah, because yeah. they'll just like strip, I assume, all the plant life, because they'll just yeah. take all nutrients out of the soil, but they'll also like attack everything. They, they seem like very like good at what they do. Yeah. And it sounds like a plague, really, when I, when I picture them, yeah. like a group of these just traveling together, stripping everything. You, you painted this one picture we were talking about the episode about like their initial, like how they were actually like domesticating and farming these. So it's like they poured like a concrete pit around oh. so they couldn't escape. And then when it was time to like actually collect them, uh, they get like a hammer or a thumper, like a hammer drill or yeah well i was also like wondering like okay what if they travel throughout the entire planet or even that yeah yeah and you have like a rancher who's like trying to farm them and so he has like a, a locator that he's like clipped onto like one or two of these in this group and he just like uses it to track them and then when he's like all right it's time to harvest like he goes and puts something on the ground that causes a lot of vibration yeah and then these things are attracted to it. So, but it just seems up, like you just shoot them with shotgun. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but like, what's like, what's the range on these things that they need if you want to farm them? You yeah, know, like yeah. everything, like a be. chicken coop is tiny. Like you can put a chicken in a very small space, but other animals need larger spaces. Yeah. But these things, like, how far do you need? So, what if you're over like thousands of acres? Like, how do you <laughs> keep track and how do you attract them to the surface so you can hunt yeah, them? Yeah. No, it just seemed like t- t- an interesting picture, like a crawler farmer. Like that that's a character <laughs> that's a character that you meet in your next RPG is a guy who just farms far- crawlers. Ex crawler farmer. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah. After he gave they, up that they ruin his goddamn planet. Exactly. <laughs> now I hunt crawlers. <laughs> You've acquired a new mission. <laughs> Kill seventy four crawlers. <laughs> Bring me their beaks. <laughs> then you have a deal. <laughs> oh man. Okay, up next we have the mighty Crotalid. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this is the fucking best best thing this I've one's learned pretty in great. a long time. So it's a semi-aquatic carnivore. Crocodilids resemble large crocodiles, but considerably larger because it's 40K. Yeah. So, you know. Everything's got to be juiced up. <laughs> yeah. They live in large numbers along riverbanks and mud flats, feeding on aquatic prey or whatever creature ventures too close. Yeah. Or anything, I guess. Or anything. Sure. Yeah. So it's a crocodile. It's a crocodile. It's a crocodile, but it's not a crocodile. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you piqued my interest. Crotalids are protected by thick scales and only have a very basic nervous system, making them difficult to kill because they just, like, you can take flesh out of them and they just you don't can, care. Yeah, rip off its arm. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. Crocodiles are like that. I saw a yes. video of a crocodile. Ripping off another, another crocodile's, crocodile's arm. arm. And it just did not even flinch. Yeah, yeah. It just, like, suddenly is, like, kind of swimming a little funny because, like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're, they are difficult to kill because of that. However... 
Since their teeth actually never stop growing, they have been observed observed to kill themselves with their own teeth impaling their brains. <laughs> they just grow upwards and kill themselves. It's good for population control. Nature what? has a way of balancing itself. Life, uh, life uh, finds a way. Finds a way. Is that from something? Is there an echo Friends in here? Park. I started it. <laughs> Let me finish. I'm the it. quote guy, James. There's <laughs> one thing. Yeah, Eric that's all do. I got. <laughs> that's all I have. You have all the weird fetishes. Stick to your weird fetishes, James. You, stick, you be the fetish guy, James. <laughs> teeth. That's my thing. <laughs> I love teeth that grow. Big but teeth. yeah, no, they'll uh, like the bottom teeth. If they don't like, um, just like how cats' claws, they have to constantly like sh- scratch things to like. Oh, fuck. What's it called when you de sharpen your like claws? Catch me What's it called when you there's like I've seen I've seen pictures of like What's the word? I don't know. Cats, we're talking about cats. Oh my god. Neuter. Declaw? No. You tell your story. I'm gonna find this. I've seen pictures of rams where their horns have grown around and then impaled their own heads because they've grown too big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's That's dumb. That's fucking dumb. Rodents too always have to chew on things in order to keep the Well they're two front teeth, yeah. Yeah, sucks to suck, I guess. <laughs> so, crocodilids are a prolific species and will quickly dominate any area they inhabit as the apex predator. Once peak saturation of this species within an area happens, an unusual migration occurs. The last migration of the crocodilids. <laughs> Seemingly instinctual, with no guidance whatsoever, up to 100 crocodilids transcend reality. <laughs> And enter warp space. <laughs> they use this parallel dimension to travel up to 10 fucking light years at a time, emerging on potentially beneficial planets very far away. This, mi- this migration will occur only once every few decades if the population reaches a tipping point. What? So that's yes. they enter the warp. Yes, <laughs> they're warp crocodiles. They are. They are real things, but they are able to enter the warp. First of all, like just imagine these things, like a hundred of these things, like flying through the warp, getting attacked by demons. But right. they're also badass enough that they actually fight the demons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they try and eat them, and they're pissed off because <laughs> no food. They don't materialize in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. Well, maybe if they don't have enough psychic weight, because you said they have simple nervous systems, maybe they don't attract. Oh, they demons. just float through like nothing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that could be a yeah. That could be a thing. The demons yeah. only attack because they Sentience. sense the psychic presence yeah. of yeah. things. Right, it very well could be. That. And yeah, there's just no the the risk to reward ratio wouldn't be there to attack a hundred of these fucking things. Like, yeah, what does it really give you? Yeah, yeah, they probably have zero soul energy. Yeah. Or so small, so little, yeah. it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah. But 10 light years, that's pretty fucking far. Uh, so the closest star to us is uh, over four. Yeah. So they can definitely <laughs> st- hop from star to star <laughs> following like... And they can exist in space too? No, no, no. Just um, through the like, warp. Every star is going to have some kind of satellite forming around it, right? Like Okay. So, so they can it, exist on any kind of planet? Well, they might be able to. They, <laughs> they might just not. appear on the moon and just like... Poof. 
Yeah, sometimes that <laughs> floating. floating. <laughs> that's why. That's why it says a hundred of them. Let's not forget it's a hundred of them. <laughs> that's why it says they land on potentially beneficial. So planets. they might just die where they get. They there, might yeah. just die. Maybe something happens and they're able to enter the warp again and do another jump. Who knows? Oh like maybe God. they sense the danger. But it was this one picture that I thought was really funny because like. If this happens all the time, I just imagined like a bar, like a group of travelers entering a bar and it's like, you know, it's like one of those old Westerns, like everyone's keeping themselves low murmur. You go up to the table (laughs) and all of a sudden like a klaxon starts going off and you who's never been here, you're like, whoa, what's happening? And everyone in the bar just starts like reaching for like these massive fucking guns that they have. And then out of nowhere, these portals open (laughs) and crotalists just start jumping and swarming. And these people are just (laughs) killing all these crotalists. And you're cowering in the corner because you're a coward, right? You have no idea what's happening. And then when it's done, everyone just puts down their gun, goes goes back back to to their table. (laughs) It's a drink. And then a counter on the side of the wall goes from 28 down to zero <laughs> and naturally black guy says reset the clock yeah reset the clock yeah i hate that meme well it's i see thing. it all the time i've memed now though you did Are good you job no. <laughs> anyways i just i loved the oh yeah like what can you do with this you oh, can do yeah. anything <laughs> you could like, be totally safe and all of a sudden bam crocodile <laughs> crocodile 100 120 foot long crocodile <laughs> i just Doing this has expanded my view on how I can interact with people as a GM. You mean fuck with. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Fuck on, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shall I take the Chitlin Cud Bear? Yes, sir. The Cathelian? Let's sure. pull up a picture before we read. Ah. <laughs> if it How was Cathelian, shouldn't there be an apostrophe? I don't know. After the scene? I don't know. All right. It's a walking bear with the head of a bobcat. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, the cud bear is native to the death world of Cathella. Uh, its thick purple fur is ideal for keeping it safe from the cold and wet of its wooded mountain environment. Its long claws and teeth reinforces its role as a vicious natural predator. Obviously not good at camouflaging. <laughs> doesn't need it. Doesn't no, need it. It, it camouflages to as... the purple snow. <laughs> no, as... Um, as a children's dinosaur. <laughs> it's just the atmosphere into of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and it slaughters everybody. The <laughs> atmosphere of the planet changes the way the light That's spectrum. right. It's not yes. actually purple. Yes, yes, I've heard of that. Yes. Son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Cathalian Cudbear is extremely dangerous and territorial and has been known to attack large groups of heavily armed people who wander near his home. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, they're not scared of much, these guys. Yeah, they're they're more than willing to fight. Super highly aggressive bobcat bears that are purple <laughs> the like, purple part is what gets me so so like reading through these uh once again like it was a very informal book the rogue trader so some of the design mo- notes were like for the next example we're reading about dinosaurs they're like this is a great creature into into introduce because it's so cheap and you can get it from a dollar store and boom you have an animal i like to think that the cathelian cud bear came about because the guy let their daughter daughter paint a bear so naturally the daughter paints it purple and he's like all right now i have all a right. purple bear yeah. it's a cathelian it's, cud bear it's yeah. canon <laughs> it's canon now yeah like it was very informal and like thinking how they came up with some of these fucking things like it was pretty wild yeah i guarantee that's what it is i'm putting i'm putting my life savings down on it seven bucks yeah, is i was gonna say I, i'll match that like. <laughs> oh hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, so the next one we have is Dinosaur. Uh, so actually in the book, in the Rogue Trader book, uh, they've categorized three different sizes of dinosaurs, and it ranges from like the size of cats to beasts over 30 meters long. And it just seems that this title is a catch-all. Yeah. It's, it's not, not It's not a giving us a description of a specific creature or anything. So it, a dinosaur is any reptilian creature that isn't categorized. Yeah. Honestly, science like... Science might argue with that definition, but okay. <laughs> well, xenologists don't. Okay. Xenozoologists, <laughs> actually. So any creature that you didn't know what it was, you as long as it was reptilian, dinosaur. it would yeah. be a dinosaur. And that's like how the like you could make any dinosaur you wanted. Like they didn't want to like shoehorn you into saying like you had to like this is how all dinosaurs looked, right? Yeah. They were just saying, "Hey, get a reptile. It's a dinosaur." dinosaur. Yeah, reptile. honestly, that, and that's it goes back to the informality of this book. Yeah, yeah, it's just, very much a build your own game. Yeah. Side note here, real quick too: the Eldar Exodites are. And I don't. I'm not personally a huge fan of this, but they're often depicted riding dinosaurs, yeah. which I guess it means. And I hate to use the term dinosaur, but obviously now it's a canon term. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this can be argued. It's rogue trader. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just the fact that they're so ubiquitous that like an exodite world on this planet, they're riding animals on this planet. They're riding because like I'd, I'd like to think there's more variety in the exodite. Yeah. Yeah. Like they could be riding giant crabs from whatever planet. Or yeah, riding whatever. They don't even have to ride animals, in my opinion. I, I like, like to think that they do, just because it. it well, at the very least, they live with animals because yeah. it's part of an ecology. Sure, yeah. They yeah, either yeah. farm them or use them for eggs yeah. or meat and, or and milk it, or like, whatever. Exodites were very much wood elves, so it's kind of that whole. They yeah, definitely I know, drive. I, I, with I definitely nature. get it, but I'm just saying there can't be dinosaurs on every. No, planet. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe there are. Maybe there's just a bunch of reptiles on every planet. Maybe they're so common that they don't even bother naming them anymore. And they're just like, it's a, <laughs> dinosaur. a dinosaur. Every planet's got a dinosaur. That's 40K. <laughs> they're at least As long as dangerous. it's not a goddamn fucking crocolid. Yeah. Then yeah everyone's we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> but wait, they might appear. Oh, God. No. We're not safe. <laughs> the threat of the crocolid exists. Uh. All right. The next one we have is the pharaoh beast. So native to the planet Yimbo Bim. <laughs> what? There's nothing funny. I about like that, that one. <laughs> uh, feral beasts resemble two meter long armadillos with tough shells, spikes on their edges. Their mouths are covered by short tentacles, which are covered in suckers that secrete <laughs> an acidic syrup. That is a scientific term too. Suckers. What? The suckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these. Th- I, it makes me think of like a tentac- like a octopus's. Suction cup. Mm. Makes me think of those. Mm -hmm. So this syrup turns metal ores, specifically ferro ore, into a liquid digestible soup, which then they then eat. (laughs) Delightful. They eat metal. Yeah, after turning it into soup. That's why they're called ferro beasts. Mm -hmm. Their nose is complex and uniquely attuned to smell metal ores over vast distances. The more pure or refined the metal is, the farther away the beast can smell it. Once they have the scent in their nostrils, these normally placid and docile creatures become rampaging beasts. They are heedless of danger and willing to trample anything in their way to get to their food source. Which is very cool. Like, you land with your ship, you better take (laughs) off right away. You just get swarmed by these fucking things and just start... But it takes a while to get there, so you get off your ship. You're just like, oh, this is a nice, peaceful planet. You wander away from your ship You hear, like, trumpeting coming from all directions. (laughs) Well, if you were... These couldn't be domesticated, because if they tried to get them off-world... 
They'd just eat, eat the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could tranquilize them for the duration or put uh, them in stasis. I'm not or saying whatever. they ever tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. Yeah. But yeah, these these things are pretty cool. I like the whole like placidity. Like they're very dormant creatures yeah. until like <laughs> food. <laughs> well, how how active can you be if you're eating metal all day? <laughs> you just eat like a fork. Hey, we we eat iron. You there. eat in iron. very Every trace amounts. You eat iron. People do. Do you want me I, to give I you personally an iron it. bar? For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm, I heard you like iron, Christian. So for the next two years, here's your dinner. <laughs> just a bunch of scrap metal from a car. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a bunch of coins. Yeah. <laughs> Have Ooh, fun. <laughs> that's a so del- delicious. That's the oh, we're gonna one. get an email about that. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> Thank God I don't have those headphones on. It's honestly so disturbing. That's the sound the pharaoh beast makes. No, it's not. It's canon. <laughs> Everything Mark says is canon. Cowboys GW move, pharaoh beast goes. Uh, so when you're looking at these pictures, you can clearly tell like old pictures and new ones. What do you guys think is an old Rogue Trader picture? The one on the right. No, please, son of a bitch, Eric. I'm in. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Is it just the style of drawing? Yeah, that like it's just very much like, uh, I don't know, it just looks... A rough sketch that's yeah. been blown up digitally but not refined, so it just looks pixelated. It Even the books <laughs> looks like that, man. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like in the book. No pixels, even pixels, I mean. <laughs> they drew the pixels on. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's a weird art. Ten style. out of ten. Perfect representation. But yeah, and you can see how like uh over the time too, like some of them have definitely changed. So the what the picture on the right, um yeah, they it's the same creature but somehow has a satellite on his tail. I think it's just a spike. Ah. <laughs> yes, that makes more sense. But yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Next we have Gene Stealers. Oh what? Yeah. So Gene Stealers were first introduced in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have drastically changed since. So in this edition, this 1987 edition, they had no connection to the Tyranid race whatsoever. Uh, so we're actually not going to include this yeah. entry. This one has changed so much that there's no point. But there is a lot of similarities. Like they still... Uh, in how they procreate things. and yeah, everything. There's still yeah. all that kind of stuff. But the main difference is there was no brood mind. They weren't connected to Tyranids. And yeah. Yeah, I... I liked that. I kind of wish they were their own thing, but yeah, that's, that's just me. Hmm. I know that's a controversial opinion. It's very controversial. No, I just I I'm really like the way they look here. <laughs> they just look so alien. Yeah. That's that's good though. I like that. That's yeah. more interesting to me. Hmm. And I like th- th- just being a sub version of Tyranids. I know it is cool the way they did it. I'm not like like a pre- the precursor. Yeah, to the Tyranid or, invasion. and the fact that they're just all gonna get eaten at the end. It's like that's pretty pretty dark but like <laughs> i don't know just that if it was a totally unique faction with its own kind of thing going on that'd be more interesting. yeah but then it me. would be another xenos faction and games workshop doesn't like that yeah <laughs> it they have is another xenos faction no shh all right <laughs> moving on all right to giant insectoids so uh just like the dinosaur oh. category oh. i don't like that image <laughs> wouldn't put that in my butt <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <Yeah. laughs> 
So just like the dinosaur category, <laughs> we'll these get to it. giant insectoids ah. cover a vast number of creatures. Uh, and there's just a, uh, they share a couple common traits. And when they have these things, then they're categorized as yeah. giant insectoids. So they have to be cold-blooded, exoskeleton, multiple limbs, and tiny brains. And then as well, to be a giant insectoid, they have to be at least over a meter long. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So they're big. But this can You'll be this can be anything. This <laughs> I be believe in you. Giant moths, giant ants, giant yeah. whatever that thing is. Yeah. Whatever an insect you can think of. Oh yeah, uh, that giant. looks like in 2013 Austin Mangler <laughs> from uh, Deviant, the planet Deviant Art. <laughs> Deviantart. Dot <laughs> com. <laughs> yeah, but that's just the giant insectoid. It's more of a category. Yeah. It's a catch-all. Yeah. It's not describing any one thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then giant spiders is another category. So they're just used for any spider more than one meter long that can also spin web. I really don't like spiders. Uh, <laughs> I don't like big ones especially. Yeah. I live in Canada. Our biggest spider is like my thumb. <laughs> nail. Yeah. My thumb nail yeah. big. <laughs> So while they don't all have to use web in the same way, you have to be able to spin it to be a giant spider, to be categorized as one. You have to be able to spin the bug. Yeah, spin the web. Oh. Put it to the next image. Get that off there. Are you like actually it. that sensitive to it? I don't like it. Look how... Oh, oh my God. Computer froze. <laughs> it's stuck. Oh, <laughs> God. Anything. How do you watch Lord of the Rings? He closes With his my eyes. With my eyes closed, <laughs> obviously. No, she love No. <laughs> Go back in your hole. Caught in a web. He'll soon be eaten. No. <laughs> no don't no do webs. that. Oh, the moment where like the stinger comes out and it's like dripping like mm. fluids. Does that you like you? that? I think it's I think it's done really well. No, but do you like that? No, <laughs> I'm not James. Uh, <laughs> okay, up next we got the Grox. The noble Grox. Mm. Is can't. that actually an image? It's so blown up. I know. I, I tried to find there's many. There's got to be lots of Grox pictures. No, like there's only two. So there's this one, Grok, and then there's the Grok, original like Grok, black Grok. and white sketch one. And when I tried to blow that one up, you thought the fucking face flop eater was. No, the he thought the um all of them. They're the all feral bad. They're all bad. <laughs> the they're all beast. equally bad. Yeah. Look, it's old. I don't even know if you'd be able to find that book original. Um, the Todd. Oh one. really? I don't think he does, but I know his group does, and yeah, that's it's pretty, impressive. It's pretty cool, and it's in good condition too. Wow, nice. Yeah, must be worth. We should at steal at least it. twenty bucks. Yeah, okay. You want to steal it from them? We yeah, have to yeah. give him his dice anyway. So I gave it to him today. Actually, <sighs> he missed missed opportunity. He came here. I'll tell him that I have one more dice to give him. Oh, <laughs> Todd, get in contact with us, and we can <laughs> set up a meetup away yeah, yeah, from yeah. your home. And <laughs> yeah, bring the book for no for an unrelated reason. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to look at it. Anyways, I think a, we got him. A, a, gro- <laughs> a grox. So a large reptilian creature native to the Solomon system. Once discovered, groks were quickly absorbed into Imperium agriculture and exported to many worlds. They we love. They love. We gotta share. We gotta <laughs> they share. They love this. it. <laughs> this so is a good one. <laughs> they are quadrupeds with a massive body, short legs, a stubby tail, and a horned and spiky face. An adult grox is on average five meters long, fast, well muscled, and aggressive. You know what would have been a fun game? Hmm. 
if we didn't put the numbers of how big they were in here. Yeah. And then let these two guess how big it was. Because five meters is fucking huge. Five meters. Like, I was picturing it originally, like, yeah, size of a cow. Sure, yeah, yeah. Not five meters. No. My God, they're is, huge. How big is an elephant? Is an elephant five meters long? I don't know. I, I, We're I Googling. Have, I have a weird feeling that it's actually. But length? Okay, so I, when I was reading about pumas today. <laughs> uh, yes. Of course. Yeah, like the length is it's like Puma set. Thursday, of course. Yeah, of course it is. It looks like a Saturday, but yes. Okay. <laughs> an Asian <laughs> element, an Asian elephant is 5.5 to 6.5 meters on average. So it's they're the size of an elephant. Wait, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. That's exactly the point I'm going to dispute here. Length and width and height are and all height are different dimensions yes. for animals. What? Because okay, wait. <laughs> they oh are? My God. Hear me out. The but puma it, the noble puma <laughs> is the noble puma is like seven feet long if you measure it from tip of the tail to yeah. snout. Yeah, that yeah. sounds huge, but pumas are seven relatively. Feet? That's not that big. Well, I mean, it's, it's if if I described a cat that was seven feet long, you would kind of freak yeah. out. Yeah. But like a puma, like well, I could take not a in puma. My house. I could fight. But a if puma. a fucking puma, what? Was <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna let that? Wow! <laughs> You're gonna just I could fight take a, a puma. puma. <laughs> Okay, I'm changing my bet. I'm taking back <laughs> my seven and then now putting it on Christian that you cannot beat the puma. I'll even lower it and I'll say you couldn't even beat the potato king into the fight. Yeah, Leo. Yeah, I don't even think you could beat him up. What's well, his allergies? That's not his fault. <laughs> that cat's crazy. He would, he would say, like, I drank too much juice. <laughs> oh, no, oh, the juice. But anyways, my point is, is how you measure the animal. Yeah, sure. Right? But these so, do have a massive body. Like, yeah, I, nothing yeah. about it looks, it looks like small. a truck. Essentially, it looks like a truck with horns in the mouth. And yeah, a, a scary, angry muscle. Oh no, it looks like a monster truck. truck then. Like, uh, what was that? They had Undertaker like- back from retirement. <laughs> 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 but they had like a T Rex, or not a T Rex one. The truck. <laughs> Grave digger back from retirement. That's all I. Triceratops. Know. Yeah. What the you mix up the T Rex with the Triceratops. You fool. I've been learning from <laughs> Don't 40. you know your dino? No, I've been learning from 40K with all dinos. Dino theology. Don't you know you can beat a puma? <laughs> Don't you Christian know? Christian can Don't beat you a know puma. That length- Christian can. I can probably beat two. <laughs> Don't you know that length, width, and height are different hey, in animals? Arc- Specifically, in animals. animals. What about yeah. volume? Do we count volume? <laughs> no, we of don't. Creature? I measure density. Hands. I measure in hands. Blend a grox. What's the volume of yeah, yeah. grox? <laughs> Jeez. I'm Will it blend? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do this Can you episode? deep fry it? <laughs> yes. Uh. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Can You Deep Fry It, where we try and deep fry everything. Today, we have a puma that Christian has killed. <laughs> In single combat. In single With his combat. bare hands. I did not use a knife. With his bare hands. Show them your bare hands, Christian. And you, you got those bare hands from a bear, didn't that you? That I killed <laughs> with your bare My hands. My bare hands killed mm-hmm. with bare hands. Interesting. All right. <laughs> Back to Grox. <laughs> that was a digression right there. You I digress. You can't say something like, I can fight a Puma <laughs> and not digress. <laughs> I can Guys, I can fight a puma. <laughs> Guys, they're seven feet long, but like that's an illusion. Trust me, <laughs> I can kill them. It's not actually it's, that long. It's all in the tail. <laughs> look, that's not the width of the animal. Okay, the width is way more important when you're measuring them. Goddamn. Anyways, so uh, five meters long, fast, well muscled, and aggressive. So 
perfect not, domestication Yeah, not animal. good for domestication. Oh. So that all changed when the groks were found to be extremely palatable and nutritious. Mm. So adding to their usefulness, they survive on any food and are even capable of subsisting on bare rocks alone for weeks <laughs> at a time. So you have this animal whose temperament is wretched and terrible. And absolutely trash. Oh, but they're so tasty. But they taste delicious and they're, and they're good, good, for, good for you. Oh. And they don't require a lot of taking care of because they can live on rocks for weeks <laughs> at a time. Right? Mm. So they're really easy to manage. So how do you marry these two things? You don't. You kill one and oh. then you just deal with the other. So what happened? In order to farm this noble creature, oh. the Imperium did uh, what it does best. They lobotomize the majority of the herds. There it is. As well as use chemical sterilizers and even small electro implants to make sure the naturally aggressive groks were docile. They turned not, them into cows. <laughs> not as Chemically. bad as genocide, but still pretty. Almost. <laughs> still not ideal. No, <laughs> not good for the groks. No. This noblest of no. creatures. <laughs> even their docile state, it's very risk, sad. risk still exists. <laughs> And so they're normally kept far from human sediments. Yeah. Yeah, like they're just so big and like just they trample and destroy things, you know. How do you contain one of those? Like, yeah, once look like... Look at the horns! If they start a rampage, right. Yeah, like, how like do you, yeah, yeah. They probably yeah. can like stampede and still, yeah. Yeah, like just imagine 50 of these things just running around destroying things. So yeah, they usually keep them far away from anything valuable. Yeah, or it's like... It's like on an agri world where there are no settlements. It's literally like an entire area just given over to the growing of these groks. Yeah, yeah. and sa- and crawlers, of course. Yeah, crawlers, crawler farming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how in forty k, um, like the most delicious animal are like lizards, Is it? like a type of lizard. Hmm. I've never had lizard before, so right? I don't know that's if what that's I'm true saying. Or not. I'm just saying. Maybe like, it's we true. like the we like the use- maybe iguana is like. Delicious. 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's so time to buy everywhere. an iguana? Oh. <laughs> I would try a lizard. I'd try so a lizard. So time to too. buy an iguana. No, I don't want you to prepare a lizard for me. <laughs> no. You can eat alligator too. They, yeah. They no, I, I would try any of those. Yeah. Sure, I'd eat an alligator. Well, I could beat it with my bare hands and then oh, I'll. Sure. Well, trust yeah. me, it's only. Trust, yeah, yeah, it's, they it's say. It's seven meters long. They but, say, but it's, that's not the right way I to measure. I could take it. The width is the. Is a real killer. Do you want to do gyrings, James? Oh yeah, is that how you just? I, maybe maybe I Chris call should him, do it since he's our local cat. Ah uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I like to be called the cat killer. First of all, <laughs> the cat man. And I could take a Grinks in single combat. <laughs> a Grinks? Do you call it Grinks or Grinks? Got gyrinks. Gyrinks. James, as the, the resident linguist, how would you say it? It's the resident linguics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even speak. <laughs> Those are words. Grinks? I don't know. That's what I would You would say, say Grinks? I've always called There's it a, a Grinks. It's G-Y-R. Gearings. I don't think it Gearings? matters. I don't know. I've Gearings? never said one word right. It, just let's what would you, G- you call it? Gyrinks? Okay. I would have said Gyrinks or Gyrinks. Okay. Right. Like I call it, it Gyrinks just like for you. Oh, it doesn't bother me. I'm just curious why you get there. How you get there. <laughs> you just like it because it sounds like Gyrate. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's right. Uh, right. These are large cats growing up to a meter in length. They normally have thick ginger or orange. How wide fur. is that? <laughs> well, you can't tell by these measurements. <laughs> Sorry. It's poofy. It looks poofy, too. So. Yeah, it's, it's an illusion. Is that long hair or is that just 
girth and short That's hair. That's a Cathelian short hair, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they normally have thick ginger or orange-colored fur and bright blue eyes. But there are different variations. Yes, you could potentially find Yeah, I'm sure like cats. Like, like exotic yes. ones too, like blue fur. Purple. Yeah. Or maybe purple, even like yeah. glowing or iridescent yeah. or like it changes under different lights. You can only like, see it knows? in the ultraviolet spectrum. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like these, these things are very, they feel very unnatural, but they are natural creatures. Anyways, you'll see as we keep going. They're not intelligent by our standards, but they have an uncanny ability to empathize empathize and form close bonds with their partners replicating true friendship being in close proximity to your grinks calms you clarifying your mind and increasing your mental acuity the relationship also has a potent effect on psychic beings enhancing their ability interestingly enough gyrinks also show a change of behavior to match the disposition of their partner is there a model that came out oh, yes. Yes. yes okay yeah yeah yes. okay Cool. Very cool. There's uh, a. Very cool, Kanye. They're very also in like the excellent old... choice for model. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> in the old. We got a bunch of messages saying that you do need to do a President <laughs> Trump listener lore. Oh read. my god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that for a whole episode? I don't know. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it just it, whatever we write, it will multiply it so much. I, yeah, because I have to throw in like okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Ask like everybody. Ask everybody. <laughs> it takes so long. <laughs> Anyways. Um, it is not certain what benefit the gyrinx gains from his relationship, but they have been observed to seek out a partner. It seems they feel a need to form a bond with some other creature. Mm-hmm. So not at all like house cats who will ignore you. No, and some... you feel no love or friendship from them. You yeah. know you're just there to feed them. Yeah, yeah. They rub on you because they're like, ah, yes, this is the food container thing. <laughs> <laughs> this thing brings me food and occasionally scratches my head when I want it. I, I, it's kind of cool that they still add in elements from the game that are this old. Yeah, yeah. Mo- no, like a it's model. always that, cool. That model isn't that old, is it? No, no it's no. That's very brand new. It existed in the artwork, too. I was going to mention the old Eldar artwork. They'd, they'd always have yeah, yeah, yeah. around. Yeah, that's, that's cool. dominant. Thing. I, I, I wish they'd add more of them. That'd be even cooler if yeah. they were just running around. No, it's Eldar very stuff. cool to even... Because there's a lot of things in this book that I was wondering, like, does it exist in the book? Does it still exist now? And it's fun to see how it has changed sure. when it was first released. To what we know it is. Well, now. and the amble too. That's something cool yeah. that they brought back from like way back. That's cool. Yeah. I just know I could fight a Jirinx. Or an amble. <laughs> you probably could be one of those too. They're only. You wouldn't like, be what? able to. You'd you'd fall in love immediately with it. <laughs> those big blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the so, yeah. There's a couple things to note. One thing is like they will choose you just as much as you choose them. Yeah, and if you try and uh, like put your ownership on it, they've been known to escape and find yeah. someone else that they choose. Yeah. So they might, even if you try to say you try and have an, one for in like an ownership capacity, yeah. they might just not form that bond with you. Yeah, if Question. they don't want to. Yeah. Question, would a space marine librarian keep one around? Answer. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why not kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's, I one of, see it I, sure. yeah, it's one of those things like, hey, is this sanctioned by the Adeptus Astartes and the Administrator Astartes? Maybe not. But I don't even think it, it? Would it wouldn't be Xenos. It's right? just Xenos, right? Like, well, would it be thought of as Xenos? Like, yeah, they, I know. They, they distribute know. like gro- 
Crocs, Crocs yeah, everywhere. Like, but it's a they psychic. Have horses. But it's a psychic thing. But it's not. Well, then what's the point of attaching it specifically to librarians? Well, because okay, it okay. does so, enhance so, psychic ability. Yeah, so here, here's the, the next thing. We're not sure how it enhances the psychic abilities. Me and Eric have two different views, as yeah. as is tradition. Naturally, <laughs> um, Eric, you want to tell your? Well, there's the one I mainly went for is that it actually increases your ability to use psychic powers, like the yeah. uh, whether you uh, gain a, a more understanding of uh, the warp, or it allows you to draw in more power than you normally do, or it gives you some secret knowledge so you can manifest things ways you never could before. But yeah. this power uh, comes from the gyrings. It's also described in the book that, um, and this is tabletop, this is like their description of how it would work on the table, but it says that the psyker with a gyrings can actually use, tap into the gyrings and use it as a power source for its own psychic ability. Yeah. So that's pure tabletop, but there might be some translation. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was, that's kind of <clears throat> one way we were thinking about it. Yeah. Well, you, you were thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure, Marx is different. Mark's, Mark's, how Mark viewed yeah. it was very different. Uh, yeah, so the way I, I view it happening is more like, so we talk about how they, they form a close bond, and then they calm and ease the, the creature that they bond with, uh, and they increase like their mental clarity and all that mm. kind of stuff. So, so then Mark sounded more like a buffer too. almost, like a no, no. Per, like well, a almost protection. Like, almost, no, it no, sounds no, no, like, no, no. like you, it, you're it, like in a state where you have more control over your yeah. mind. You're still yeah, the one doing it. protect yeah, yeah. you. But it, it has nothing. It, it's not like it's not a protective thing, doing it, but it, it's like if it's a passive ability. You versus can reach an this ability. state though without a gyrinx, I would think. Like if you are calm of mind and, and like trained enough, and frabbed yeah. enough, you know, you can reach that state just as well. It's just when that creature's around, you don't have to like focus on reaching it. You're just already in that calm state. Yeah, allows you to do other things and focus on other yeah. things without that being that yeah. calm but, and protected. But it, it by no means is like a psychic thing that. In my opinion. Yes, yeah, this is the difference, is that this is not, like, it just enhances, it just happens to enhance your psychic ability, whereas mine is directly tied, like, this is a psychic creature. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And and there are such examples of psychic creatures, too. Let's go back to the 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 noble, (laughs) the noble (laughs) crocolid. No, for sure, but yes, yours is, like... Like, it will give this clarity of mind to anyone it's around, yeah. but it just offers psychers a different uh, ability to work with. Yeah. Whereas mine is like, it doesn't really do anything to you unless you're a psyker. Yeah. Where, like, this thing would be just as useful in my mind for an, an ambassador or an ambassador or yeah. whatever, you know? But anyone who really needs so a clarity a or calmness of they, mind. They do show up quite a bit in the lore. I was trying today to find some more information on them, and I could not. Um, is it mainly, like, described only in this book? As far as I could tell. like they, they Very cool. They've mentioned it, like, you can read Yvrain's profile, but they don't tell you the mechanics of it, you know? Or, like, how how in the lore, in the universe sure. it works. They'll tell you, like, game mechanics, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you know anything more about this email us i'm genuinely curious to prove that i'm right and eric's a dumb dumb bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's obviously the default state of the opposing argument (laughs) that's cool i like it i'd be i'm curious to see like what actually how it actually works i think it'd be cool too like you can paint your little cat in any color you want yeah because it's a weird space cat (laughs) cool (laughs) do you want me to take the next one yeah okay uh horse (laughs) (laughs) It's a horse in space. In where? 
in space. Wait, does it fly around in space? That's the what. That's what the notes say. That's what <laughs> I'm gonna go with. <laughs> it flies. It gallops through the stars. <laughs> yeah, this is just a horse. Like not in space. Not Let's in space. Clarify. Yeah, yeah. But it's a space horse. It's a horse. Yeah. The literally their description in this book is just talking about like, ooh, some horses are small and some horses are big. Oh. And it's like, oh. How do you how, what length are they? You know, what's their width? Now when you measure a horse <laughs> for the length, do you You have raise to pull the tail. tail? Yeah, you have to pull <laughs> it taut. Standard practice. I'll pull it taut. Yeah. <laughs> Careful not and to get kicked. Stretch though. its neck out too. Yeah. It's flat. <laughs> <laughs> what is standard horse measuring practice? Also email us about Don't they, that. I'm genuinely aren't horses measured, measured to the shoulder. in hands. They're measured in hands too though. To the shoulder. Yeah. Not to the top of the head. So it does change. Yeah. I'm just saying. Horses are different. <laughs> horses are a totally different creature altogether. You can't handle them like the you majestic horse. They're, they're, they're almost like unicorns. You know? <laughs> they're so mystical and like fable. Do they even exist? I don't know. I've, I've never, I've seen, never one. seen a horse. Yeah, the Krieg oh. seem to pump them out though. One one thing I do want to point out about the Krieg horse, as you can see in the chart horse. up here, is that they're genetically. Oh, you, it's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> it looks acts like a horse, <laughs> but it's actually. Uh, but they have genetically modified horses that have uh, split toes, which is yeah. uh, is different. A cloven hoof, hey? Yeah. It allows them to climb all those trenches better. <laughs> no, it's exactly what a cloven hoof does. Well, there you go, then. It all explains yeah. itself. That's why, like, all ungulates here have, like, cloven hooves. That, They're that's all definitely made up word. The... Actually, I love that word. I like to call people ungulates. Do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't know what it they means. They have no idea what it means. <laughs> you stupid ungulate. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like because we're really mountainous territory where we live, so all those creatures need the cloven hoof because it's. I, I mean, I think that's what it was. I don't. Eric knows right. goats. If Eric doesn't know anything, <laughs> 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 you son of a bitch, I'm got him. <laughs> that was a good one. All right, like that a lot. Um. Yeah. So there's different variations. You know, you could sure. potentially whatever yeah. i'm worst. sure we'll come across other things in other books yeah. where they describe variations of the horse like the krieg horse at some point yeah. we will talk about but in this book it's literally just a regular earth horse <laughs> yeah and in space we, in space and what we need to clarify here is that all horses must be destroyed <laughs> yes <laughs> what? the I council know. of horse <laughs> destroying will now come into <laughs> session all in favor <laughs> yeah Aye. Aye. It needs to be unanimous, James. Raise <laughs> I will keep the horses underestimate alive. this threat. James. You are now a part of the horses. We will exterminate you with them. <laughs> I, I've I grown... asked them not to do this, James. I said, <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> not did. to our good friend, James. <laughs> okay. Uh, lashworms. Do it up, brother. Ooh. Um, so a lashworm. Oh. oh, these are great. If you don't like spiders. <laughs> oh. Well, these aren't a like bloody stool-looking thing. <laughs> a lashworm is native to a death world, lost hope, but has been since seen elsewhere. Mm. They delicious. tried to domesticate it <laughs> <laughs> for reasons unknown. It well, wasn't it's... delicious or nutritious, but damn, did it have a nice crackle to it when you <laughs> bit into it? Are you sure, that's a lashworm. I don't no. know if that is. I don't think it is. The way we describe it in here is very yeah, yeah. Different. Okay, so let's describe it. So the lashworm's yeah. body is made out of three parts. So the body or anchor is the size of a human fist, and it contains all the vital organs, including mouth and stomach. You'll see why those are vital in a second. <clears throat> the lash 
up to five meters long, is whip-like and saw-edged. It What's is... its width? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, since it's a circular thing, you need to do diameter. Which would be the width? No, that'd be yeah, that would be. That's right. But you gotta use the correct word. Uh, you know what? That's sure. But that's more matters for volume, wouldn't it? Diameter matters for volume. No area. So the second you part of the lash, whip. Uh, area true. and volume. Ungulates. Anyways, so the the lash is norm. It's whip like, saw edged, and it is normally tightly wound up and concealed. Uh, and then the trigger is on the top of the lash or the tip of it. And it's the only portion normally visible of the lashworm. Oh. So it resembles a bundle of lichen or very fine plant growth. Uh, but it's actually a hypersensitive sensory organ. So imagine there's a crack in a cliff face and all you see is just this lichen on the outside, maybe blowing in the breeze or whatever. Mm. And in the crack will be the body or the anchor and then also the lash, which is tightly wound up. Okay, so it makes its home in cracks and crevices, bundling itself up no larger than a fish. And it, this thing, you got to remember, is five meters long. I also want to say that a fish is a very weird standard of measurement because it fish is. come in very different <laughs> it is sizes. Have you seen You that? measure horses and lash worm by fish. What aren't you kidding? Have you seen that meme where it's like, Americans measuring things in strange <laughs> amounts is like it's four shopping carts tall. <laughs> <laughs> they just refuse to use. <laughs> it's funny. It's a good meme. Yeah. Just laugh at yourselves. <laughs> we so, all wear plaid all the time up here. It's a meme. We all have beards. We all have beards and wear toques indoors. Yeah, <laughs> and they're called toques, not beanies. And we don't wear pants and we wear hoodies. Mm. And we don't. We don't. Have women up here. There's only men. <laughs> <laughs> and we got, we all have a pet beaver. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> and we ride our That moose. was one I didn't actually know that people around the world didn't have pet beavers. Like that took me until I was at least 17 before. I was like, really? You don't have pet beavers like yeah, yeah. anywhere else in the world. And I was like, how, how do you build your houses? <laughs> Who cuts well, the wood? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. digression. Uh, so it makes its home in cracks and crevices, bundling itself up no larger than a fish. When the trigger feels the passing of something or someone within striking distance, because it's remember it's super hypersensitive, the lash extends with unerring accuracy. While rarely deadly chunks of flesh are still ripped from their play, prey, which are then pulled into the crevice to be consumed by the anchor portion of the body. That's real nice. Yep. Ew. That's delicious. Oh. <laughs> don't like that. I'm kind of relieved that it doesn't kill you, actually. This is like one of the first creatures that doesn't just outright kill you. Yeah, yeah. You, you, could, well, the, you the, could survive. The carnivorous, yeah, but it sand, does suck. the carnivorous sand clam doesn't outright kill you. Like, maybe if it gets a leg or an arm, it might crush or break. Yeah. But it doesn't always kill you. Sure. Okay. Oh, good. 40K is not that bad. <laughs> and a grox, if it's properly <laughs> lobotomized and chemically sterilized, then... Should still be kept away from civilization. Right, of course. Because it could yeah. stampede you know and what? kill you're everybody. Right. You're right. <laughs> you got it. Uh, but no, you're right. Yeah, this is like a small thing that just wants to... Rip out your eye. Yeah. Rip off your ear. I mean, it's the size of a fish, right? How, how bad could it be? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. You got me. That, honestly, in the book, they describe it the size of a fish. Right. I'm like, not. yeah, it's not us who put... Oh, fish. I, I, I thought I'm you not criticizing Because I'm like, okay, like... No, it's no, not fish. weird to a measure fish. Me. Right. How big is a goldfish? How big is a freaking uh, tuna? salmon? A tuna? It's huge. A swordfish? 
My God, don't even. How Maybe do you that's measure the a range. fish? Maybe it's the range. It's Whip. saying it could be any size of any fish. <laughs> <laughs> so anywhere from a minnow to a great white shark, these things could be. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so it's taking a big chunk if you got the great white one. You could get lucky. You could just prick your finger. Yeah. Or oh, uh, ooh, could take off. Take your leg. A little tickle. <laughs> Up next, we got the mimic. The mimic. Oh. Spicy. Um, Who's going to read mimic? They're small ape creatures mm. from the planet Yaman. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's Yamnan. Yam nan. Yam nan. Sorry, what was the first one? That's what I said. Yam man. And what was the second one? Yam nan. <laughs> <laughs> the first one? <laughs> I'm not doing it again. They are friendly, inquisitive, and fairly intelligent. They have an unusual survival mechanism where they can shape change to resemble any other creature of comparable size and bulk. They can even change their skin to replicate clothing, though it is obviously fake at close inspection. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So they'll like, but they'll turn themselves into the shape of you, but they stay their same size. Sure. They'll mimic your beard well, there. I, I like that because if they just became. Where does a mask come from? Exactly. That would be the right. funny that's, thing. That's, yeah. that's right. That's why it's kind of. They're hollow. I like, they, I like <laughs> that they mimic you. So it's like they might mimic something so big, but it'll just be like a tiny little version of it. Like a <laughs> tiny little elephant. Well, yeah, exactly. I was like, what if there's like a space marine walking through the woods and then all of a sudden 50 miniature little space marines <laughs> start marching trotting behind. around. <laughs> yeah. They march behind him because he's marching and they mimic sure. it. Yeah. So uh, they are compulsive in their behavior to mimic too. Um, they even go as far as to attempt to steal the tools they are being, that are being used to mimic. They are even uh, copied people's driving. Yeah, so they see you the driving, vehicles. so they'll turn themselves into you, get in the car, and start driving. That's hilarious. See so you using a hammer? They use a hammer. Yeah, they try and steal your hammer so they can use it. That Astartes now, he's missing his bolt gun and that's one right. of his mimic has it and he's using it. That's right. Yeah. Nick sees all the genocide. Now it's genocide. <laughs> oh, how cute. <laughs> it's just a little genocide. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> yeah. So the only time mimics get aggressive <laughs> is if they are prohibited from mimicking. <laughs> so taking back your tool or your weapon is a surefire way to get a mimic angry. Yeah, I wonder like how you get rid of them. You just have to like run. You just fast. leave. Yeah, but like yeah. they're gonna follow you. They <laughs> they're with just... you forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, your little like what do you actually have monkey to do? Demon. Like, because you'd have to outrun them, lock them away from you, or you'd have to do something, right? Kill them. Get well, maybe them. they have like a territory that they don't venture beyond, maybe, or sure. a nesting. Yeah, area. because they have to. They, I assume sure. that they still need. They to love eat to mimic. And... Yeah, they still have to do their thing. Yeah, they still need to live. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I just seen it as like a super fucking like, oh, God, I got a mimic. And it's like, it's followed me for years. <laughs> it won't stop. It won't stop. It's, it won't stop. Like, it's, ah. like a, it's a mini me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is a good one. Take it away. So the Terra squirrel. Oh, sorry. The Patera squirrel. The Patera squirrel. The Patera yeah. squirrel. Uh, so cute, furry, and small in its appearance. Many have kept them as pets. Another feature of the terror squirrel is the membrane between the front and back legs, allowing it to glide through the air. Oh, cute. Cute little squirrel. Pretty sure I've seen one of these things once. Yeah, yeah. No, I see them all the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So 
Terror squirrels are docile animals. That's why you'd want them for a pet. Until they aren't. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> At some point... Too late, I just distributed them across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do now? I thought we wanted... <laughs> no. <laughs> someone just mistakenly checked the box. Uh, like, like, someone has a list of all these animals, and they accidentally checked the box that checks all of them for imperial distribution. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they're like, it's just a messed up order no. that all of these got sent across. Anyways... Uh, so at some point, a generation of terra squirrels is born that are savage carnivores. <laughs> they then begin a cycle of blood drinking mm-hmm. for many generations until they bear cute and cuddly terra squirrels again. <laughs> and then it just stops. They just go back to their cute, furry, cuddly selves. Uh, that's, that's terrifying. Because <laughs> you just have you, a, And there's no pet. rhyme or She's reason. She's so cute. Oh, look at her. And then has a baby and, oh, my God, it's eating me. (laughs) And there's no, like, set cycle for this, apparently. There's no way to predict it. No trigger mechanism. Yeah, it just happens at some point. Just have regular squirrels and all of a sudden they're not regular squirrels no more. Yeah, we could be in the longest generation cycle of Patera squirrels. Yeah, we've never seen their carnivorous cycle. Oh yet. my god! So let's add them to the list. The list. Along horses, with horses and terror squirrels. <laughs> squirrels. <laughs> so saith Lorehammer. Few things are as terrifying as being caught in a flock of cute, cuddly, <laughs> bloodthirsty, mm. flying terror squirrels. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, up next, we got the the razor wing. Mm. Uh, so this is another catch-all term from the Rogue Trader book. The uh, razor wing is synonymous with bird-like creatures, no more than three feet long, with carnivorous appetites and sharpened, serrated edges on their wings. Yeah, so they described like three or four different species even sure. in the book about sure. this. So it is a catch-all. Mm-hmm. It's not. There's not a single specific razor wing. It's just like, oh, it's a bird with a sharp edge. It's a razor wing. Yeah. Bird with the sharp, goddamn sharp-edged birds. <laughs> we need a word for it. <laughs> Razor wings. They will form flocks that do not attack other flocks in similar characteristics. Yeah, so, so even though if they're different species, like they won't attack each yeah. other, which is interesting. Yeah, it's too costly. The it's great board wars of of O five. That's right. They learned their lesson. Oh God. Okay. All right, rippy fish. Uh, so a small fish. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> a small fish, not larger than thirty centimeters. These extremely. So now they decide to be precise with the measurements. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fish size. Yeah. yeah. Now I guess we know what fish size is. Thirty. Yeah. Thirty centimeters. Oh. Well, that's a small fish. Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they put the small in there. <laughs> so these are extremely vicious and uncompromisingly carnivorous and fearless. So rippy fish are native to the death world rippy lost fish. hope. Swimming That's in the, the same as that other one. Do not trust a hope. It has been lost worm, on this it? planet. Um, there is yeah, there has been another lost was. hope. There's been one more. Let me introduce you it's to the lash worm. Control of F. course, of course. Uh, so rippy fish. <laughs> nice. I, can't, I have no comeback. I just, <laughs> that's really good. Hot damn. <laughs> so rippy fish uh, swim in shoals of potentially thousands of fish, and they can be found in salt or fresh water. They are nice. immune to most poisons, and oh. even extreme temperatures or pollution levels can't 
deter them or kill them off. At least I'm safe on land, right? That's right. Absolutely. Oh, okay, good. I thought 40k was going to get me. For once, I actually am safe <laughs> on land. land. <laughs> no, no, Crawlers. No, no, fuck. Bouncers. No. Mimics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst. They're mimicking the violence of <laughs> So due to the size of the shoal, it is almost impossible to fight against this creature. Instead, your only hope is to run away to land where they can't get you. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so now we have, this was a good image. The swarm? It's <laughs> <laughs> the person covered in bugs. Yeah. Uh, so a swarm is any unidentified creatures that congregate together. They can be called uh, swarms. So the Rogue Trader books lists like insects, rodents, birds, or even fish. Yeah, so. even fish swarm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's another just catch all. Yeah, yeah, this is just them describing like, hey, this is how a creature who acts as a swarm would yeah. act on tabletop. Yeah, so. exactly. And the last of the creatures in the book is called the sunworm. Mm. So sunworms are native to Luther McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> what it's a t- it's a turd. <laughs> Friggin' Irish planet is the worst. <laughs> Bring me to Lost Hope. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. So uh, this death world is mainly comprised of desert and extreme heat. We've shared that before. So sunworms are large, fat, and somewhat oily maggots with no eyes. They can be anywhere from thirty to a hundred and eighty centimeters long. That's almost six feet. That's, That's nice. Giant six-foot maggot. Oily maggot. <laughs> Disgusting. Fat, oily maggot. Look at the teeth, too. <laughs> Look at the fangs. Even though the planet they are on is known for its unbearable heat, the sunworm sits in the direct sunlight all day, absorbing heat and converting it presumably to energy. Should anything or anyone touch the sunworm, it will zap the offender with an electric shock. <laughs> nice. So it's just like a defense mechanism. Because yeah. it, it doesn't sound like they eat or anything like yeah. that. It just absorbs sunlight. Yeah. I'm sure the shock, too, is like deadly. Oh, I'm absolutely. And I'm sure the way to farm these is to farm the shock somehow. Yeah. So they just put like batteries. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just a bunch of like metal prods everywhere around them and they're yeah. just pulling the energy <laughs> off. Uh, they are peaceful preachers. Creatures who will only defend Peaceful themselves. Creatures uh, yeah. spreading the good news of the sun god. <laughs> <laughs> All hail sun god. Uh, so they will only defend themselves when provoked, but their first defensive instinct is to hide under a rock until the danger is past and they can resume absorbing the sun. That's nice. Um. So yeah, out of all those creatures... Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like the most and what are you most afraid of? I'm definitely most afraid of the crotalid. Sure. <laughs> of course. Because like, it could come from anywhere at any yeah. time. Even if it couldn't come from anywhere, it's still pretty it's fucking still, terrifying. Yes. And then like, you add in the fact that it can just... It, a warp portal can open in my body. <laughs> and a crotalid could emerge from it. Like, that's, that's yeah. not a good time. Yeah. That's how you can just kill people in your D&D campaign. A crotalid oh, emerges oh, yeah. from your body. Like, just imagine... Crotalids like, fall, everyone dies. Like, <laughs> just imagine, like, you're like, okay, I have a percentage that I give to crotalid, crotalid invasion, and I'm going to roll for that at the beginning of every game, and 
there's going to be a time I hit it, and then the game is going to get derailed <laughs> because Crotalids are going to appear. <laughs> like I just, I love that. Yeah, extra sure. on a one per, on a one percent roll. Absolutely, every time you do something, a yeah. Crotalid might appear. Absolutely, <laughs> a Crotalid swarm. One hundred of them. Yeah. Anyways, I think the Crotalid is the scariest. Sure. Mm. Spider for the you. Spiders. The giant spiders. <laughs> yeah. The giant spiders. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, Cretaceous Devil Train. Yeah, I think that would be. <laughs> yeah, because most of these things you could escape or just stay away from. You yeah. see it, you can back Except away. Fucking Crotalid. What about okay. the face eater? But, okay, hold on. Hear yeah. me out. That's the coolest one. Yeah. But even with the face eater, eight feet is is like fairly close. I'm just not gonna go buy any hanging towels that I find in <laughs> yeah, nature. Yeah. You know? in, like, and in a hive city. Where there's hanging towels. Well, just stay the hell away from them. Do not go <laughs> do laundry outside. Basic just burn, survival Just burn instinct. everything as you pass <laughs> yeah. it. Just in case. The uh, I will argue that the Crotalid too. Like, okay, think about it this way. A hundred of them jumping to another planet through the warp. Like, statistically, the chances... Think how big a planet is. So for them to materialize. If you threw... If I suddenly spawned 100 crocodiles on the planet... What do you think the, the statistic planet, chances of you are meeting on, a Cetacean devil on Terra? Zero. Okay, but well, a crotalid. No, no, no. But a crotalid could show up. They did try to domesticate the Cretacean devil on Terra. No, they didn't. <laughs> but a crotalid. But a, but a crotalid. You're gonna have to fact check me in order to fully believe if that's. <laughs> but a crotalid could sure. appear okay. on Terra. Here's but the a thing. devil will never Here's appear the thing. on Here's Terra. Here's the thing, Eric. Eric. Mm-hmm. If I spawned 100 crocodiles on planet Earth <laughs> right now at any given location, what are the chances one would appear in this room right now? Sure. Still higher than a devil. That's right. <laughs> Which is literally 0%. Yes. I, I think I see what you're saying. Also, like, man. Man if, is the most dangerous character. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like once a if you had cro- a crotalid or a devil in front of you, you're saying the devil is worse. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it will hunt and you like, and it will abso- yes. And like to have you. devils on your planet as opposed to crotalids, like crotalids, it's like, okay. Avoid the rivers. I, I seem to have yeah. avoided crocodiles most of my life. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this, these ones aren't warp see, jumping. I see what Even the saying. normal kind. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've avoided the normal kind most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'd agree. Probably the... The Cetacean Devil. Yeah. Like, Anything I can't kill with my own hands is what really... <laughs> Which is very few things. Very few you. things. Very, very Can I not kill things. with my own two hands? Mm-hmm. You know the one thing I think you'd have trouble with on this list, actually, with your bare hands? It's me, that goddamn sand clam. <laughs> <laughs> you try and grab it and it just eats your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Th- there's a lot of crazy things though. Like, but fuck. I do think the coolest though is the face eater. That's my favorite out of it's all. It's the most of these. unique for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, I love the yeah. vicious hooks. The dish towel appearance. I love the dish towel appearance. Yeah, yeah. that's what makes it unique. It's extremely quick uh, life cycle. If you if you run a campaign, I got a perception check for towels. <laughs> <and everywhere>. <laughs> <laughs> you enter a linen closet. My oh. uncle died to one of these things. <laughs> like you don't know what it is. You don't, you just know that like your uncle died to a towel. <laughs> Here's here's another thing you're gonna have to watch out. I don't wash my hands ever. What if that's what if that's when the coronavirus is gonna get you? (laughs) Here's another thing that you can never do in my campaign is you can't spit. (laughs) We'll find out why. You can't pee. Mm -hmm. You can't walk. No. You better just die because a crotalid is gonna appear in your chest. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, that's all the animals that we had. Yeah. Great. (laughs) <laughs> okay, now we're going to get into plants and uh stay tuned. I know plants sounds boring, but they're actually really fucking cool. There's <laughs> yeah, some, like some that just some of like, them have flowers, oh some God. of them are vines. Some of them have leaves. I'm a succulent kind of guy personally. <laughs> okay. I have so many succulents in my house. Oh, yeah, like, succulent you have no man idea. too. 
We should. He's get a man of discerning and... tastes, James is. <laughs> no, I, there's so many plants at my house. We should get you together were there, didn't you see it? Sometime, perhaps. Yeah. I'll show you mine, succulent, and. We'll I'll put our them. succulents in the same bowl. See if they get along. <laughs> see if they get along. <laughs> Do you know how to raise plants, James? <laughs> yeah. Do you know how this he, works? He puts a leash around the pot, <laughs> walks <laughs> it. <laughs> well, it doesn't walk very good, so I have to put it in a little, little trailer, you know. A little wagon. <laughs> yeah, pull it along. <laughs> it's got to get a fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exercise. And sunlight. Yeah. All right, so stay tuned for the plants because they're actually really cool. So we're going to take it all away with the uh, catechin brain leaf. So native to the death world of catechin, oh. the brain leaf resembles a small tree. So while potentially unassuming, unassuming, all it takes is one encounter to grasp just how dangerous this plant is. So the tree possesses the ability to detach its leaves, which then are capable of a simple version of flying or gliding, uh-huh. and it uses itself as a wing. So it flaps <laughs> itself to gain altitude and, and direction. It will direct itself. Oh, so what? Is it just going to fly by me and like give me a paper cut? That's right, yeah. It actually just wants to do a quick nuzzle of your face uh-huh. uh, and then attach itself. <laughs> oh, no! Using rasping hooks and intrusive nerve bundles. No. It uses these bundles to overtake the host's nervous system, turning them into mobile slaves. Forty <laughs> <laughs> k. So it's a tree that takes over my body. That's right. It's still categorized as a plant, uh, but the brain leaf is capable of directing its hosts in a sensible and rational manner, even forcing them to use tools or weapons. Yeah, what's really crazy. So basically anything that the host has access to, that brain leaf will also have access to. So if it's a psyker, you got a psychic tree leaf fucking thing now. Yeah, you have a psychic slave to the tree. Yeah. Or a navigator. And this is the craziest (laughs) thing. So it can force navigators to use their navigabilities to find safe routes off, like through the warp. This plant is literally getting off planet because of navigator slaves like it forces you to pilot ships <laughs> so you can take it off planet picks up a seed yeah takes it with you to another planet <laughs> plants the seed like that's yeah wild and it's that's just an, it's just a plant what's crazy too is i don't know if this is true or not but i don't think you can like detach this like it's it's in your nervous system it's in your brain you would detach it but you just die <laughs> Catch 22, <laughs> I guess. No, for sure, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So never let a leaf hit you when you're playing in Eric's world either. <laughs> I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, this just, I love this. I love learning about all this stuff because it really adds everything. So it is quite easy to see how the brain leaf can be found all over the galaxy, forcing its slaves to carry it to new planets. It's a pretty prolific plant. Yeah. Very cool. Up next, we have creepers. Ew. <laughs> creepers all are made of... are not good to look at. <laughs> For all of you listening, it's better that way. Mm. <laughs> creepers are made of two parts. The main body that looks like a tower of vegetation and its lower, long, sinuous, tentacle-like limbs. The lower limbs are used, for, uh, used to grasp unsuspecting prey that wander too close, snapping and grabbing on instinct alone. Yeah, 
and then once a prey has been grabbed, the limbs attempt to crush the victim to death and drag it to the immobile trunk section. When the tentacles have killed their prey, the trunk will release a powerful enzyme that begins to digest the body, which then quickly rots, spreading its nutrients into the soil under the tree. It's kind of creepy. Like, it just grabs humans and then it's, like, rubbing it on its, like, trunk body to get the sweet, enzymes. Sweet nutrients. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, like, just drops. I kind of I kind of like it. The way it digests, it doesn't like bring it to a Yeah, mouth. it's not it's a It's actually mouth. like it's, it makes sense that it gathers nutrients to itself and just lets the soil do Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, whatever goes into the soil, its roots collect. Right, and, exactly. I yeah. Like it doesn't it, have it like a digestive sack. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, like it's very that. cool. Um, And yeah, so we don't know a size on these, but they're big enough that as a human, you got to be careful about these things. So that's going to be big enough. They're big enough. Yeah. yeah. Floaters are the next one. So I've seen those before. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, great. You can tell us all about them. There, well, every time. No, I won't do that. Uh, floaters are plants. They're spherical balloons capable of synthesizing hydrogen, which they store inside their cellular tissue. This causes them to be extremely light and float with the wind, hence their name. That's nice. Oh, so far, so good. And you got floaters. Different mm-hmm. kind of floater than I'm used to, but... <laughs> They are covered in short, sensitive hair-like nodules, which will trigger on impact with anything, causing the floater to burst. This can be quite explosive and dangerous to surrounding creatures, but its main purpose is to spread its seeds. Once exposed, these seeds will only take a couple of days to reach full maturity, floating on the wind and waiting to burst. <laughs> they're, they're described <laughs> as like a fucking frag grenade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was not picturing that kind of explosion. Yeah. So, it, well, yeah. it's hydrogen in there. That's, yeah. yeah. And it just like launches like thousands of seeds in every fucking direction. <laughs> At, it, like in velocities t- that will kill you. Yeah. Yes. On, on tabletop, it was a strength five hit. And humans are categorized as being strength three, toughness three <laughs> in this book. Because we were like, well, how strong is it? And so we looked at their profile oh, <laughs> versus the human's profile. I'm like, this is pretty fucking strong. <laughs> Yeah, but so because they're filled with hydrogen, using any kind of explosive or heat-based weapon against them causes an ignition, and this drastically <laughs> increases the lethality of the blast. Oh, now it's an explosive blast. Yeah, that's nice. Floaters. <laughs> Floaters. <laughs> they're fun. Um, yeah, and they would be probably scattered across the galaxy very easily. Yeah, any any plant would be. It's very easy to get yeah, something well, on your shoe or whatever. Well, I don't know if you could get these seeds on your shoe without it detonating and. Well, they're seeds, right? <laughs> Propelling the seeds into your flesh. Sure, but maybe you step on one that's in the ground. Sure, or that was already or, there yeah, from yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up next, we got gas fungus. <laughs> there are many types of gas fungus or types of fungus in the galaxy, but this one acts quite uniquely. The various the variant found on. Luther McKinty. Oh, we're back <laughs> to McIntyre. <laughs> Luther McIntyre. Can grow higher than two meters in height and is purple and covered with livid spots. If any vibrations are... Eric, you did like a... And it threw me off. Well, yeah, they're red spots. Oh, what did I say? Just spots. Oh. <laughs> okay. So the, the t- It's important to be precise when you're talking about this vegetation because sometimes <laughs> if you eat the ones with the blue spots, oh. it could kill you. <laughs> Mm. As opposed to whatever this is about to do. Yeah. <laughs> you can only eat lizards. That's all. It's all that's safe in the galaxy. If any vibrations are sensed within six meters, it releases the gas that it is named for, a simple but effective defensive mechanism. 
This gas is poisonous, but its lethality may vary from species to species. The gas remains in the area for close to an hour, but it takes uh, closer to three hours to regenerate, like to, to get more gas. Yeah. This makes a small window of time where the gas fungus is vulnerable. Can you get high on these? Probably some Before species. you die, maybe. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say it's always lethal. No. Uh, yes. Another thing is that there are many types of gas fungus even in other cells. This is another catch-all. Yeah. It's just the one they talk about is described as coming from Luther McIntyre yeah. being purple with red spots. So there are many types of gas fungus. So the blue yeah. ones aren't safe either. Probably not. It's gas fungus. Oh, interesting. You also want to avoid any... Horses. Horses, orcs, I was going to say. The most dangerous fungus. Yes. <laughs> Another gas fungus. Yeah, yeah, they're very gassy. <laughs> <laughs> this does make me think of a cool idea for a model is, uh, you know. Purple with red spots? No, no, no. The, the uh, what are the fantasy goblin faction called? The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gloom Spite, Gloom Spite, Gloom Spite yeah. Gits or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, they have this cool model with all these mushroom Yeah, features. they have, they have one with like the gas everywhere. cloud coming out of it. Mm. You could. Yeah, they already yeah. produced one. You heard it here first. Go on. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right back. <laughs> you got him. Pancake amoeba. So this single-celled creature spreads out across landscapes flat like a pancake. It entraps anything that attempts to move on it and then begins to consume the unlucky traveler. I don't have a picture for this one. That's all right. It's a single cell organism. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, you do. It's right here. It's just right, oh, right there. Yeah. But it's just, nice. there's a lot of this, like, uh, making terrain difficult to pass. Yeah. Yeah. That you'll see a lot here. So. Yeah. Uh, with even the rain I just want to say, what it's, is it just regular amoebas that get in your eye and eat your brain? What? Yeah. In real life. If you, like, jump into lakes. This is real life. We are currently in real Why do you think we're on a crusade against the horses? <laughs> Damn, I forgot. So there will no. be no horses in space. <laughs> I don't want no toad horses running around. <laughs> Fucking creepy. Climbing things. Oh, my God. <laughs> we wouldn't even be safe on our houses. <laughs> they could climb them. Uh, rain spore. Rain spores are another kind of fungus. This one lays dormant for many years until it senses water. At this point, it erupts from the ground in a frenzy of uncontrolled growth. Mm. Spores are then released, poisonous to anyone that breathes them in. These spores will either land and become a new fungus growth, uh, if it rains and the water source persists, or if a drought is to be experienced, they will remain as spores waiting for the next hydration. So this is the one where uh, you better not pee. Or spit. Or spit. Because if you do and it lands on one of these spores, <laughs> it will just erupt in front of your face in a cloud of poison spores. <laughs> That's nice. I don't but- like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rubber moss. So rubber moss exists on many planets in the Imperium. It is extremely resilient. It's dense and notoriously hard to move over. Oh, that said nutritious. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, uh carpeting lo- carpeting large a- large areas it is spread by its spores traveling on spacecraft so probably how the majority of spores travel and even yeah. plants uh and it, this it, is why you can't eat it yeah it's so bouncy <laughs> you break your jaw if you bite it yeah, it like bounces open again <laughs> <laughs> that even vehicles cannot find a foothold on them and will be thrown into the air <laughs> 
damaging them. Just imagine we're just driving down a road, <laughs> and then it's fucking hit. RPG. We hit a patch of this. Our vehicle flips. We're like, what happened? We get out, just a little bit of moss. <laughs> yeah, it's Fuck, kinda... Eric, your games are awful. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> Every Hold step. on, I just need to take a piss. Hold on. <laughs> 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 you what? <laughs> All right. Who wants to do Spiker? James? Yeah, I'll take it. Do it. Uh, widely considered one of the most dangerous plants in the galaxy, spikers are found on many death worlds, including Katakan. While they can be any size, they are normally around two meters tall and cylindrical in shape. But what's the width? <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's what I need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They are covered in thick coating of hair-like leaves, which all end in a thin, sharp spike. So, ah! <laughs> That's right. Don't walk into that. Don't ah. walk into it. That would be bad. Like a cactus. It's capable of firing these spikes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <don't know>. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, from its body, the effect begins to take hold within a frightening short period of time. These spikes release a genetically intrusive chemical into the victim, which begins to reshape their body keep going <laughs> oh my god first the appendage becomes hairy and immobile uh. Uh. <laughs> and within a short time the entire body will be covered in spikes while the doomed begin being uh, while the doomed being can still walk it is aimless for the spiker has begun to destroy their minds eventually all mobility and thought is lost and the victim victim morphs into a new spiker ready to shoot spikes <laughs> How do you like that? I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> just walking around, just like get a like a, like a, a sliver prick. or something. Yeah. Like, what the hell was that? Five five minutes later, you're all of a sudden a plant with spikes on you. <laughs> yeah. A- apparently, it's super quick too. It's like, extremely yeah. quick. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need you need like power armor to go anywhere in the forty first millennium. Yeah. How do mutations survive? Thick skin. <laughs> No. They just harden their own skin. So no, they're just always flexing. That's <laughs> rare. <laughs> I, I love, uh, here's a classic example of old GW terrain where they literally took like a dog toy, like on the picture on the right. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a dog toy. Right? Yeah. It's good. It's good. And then they, they made it into canon. Yeah, and they <laughs> painted it up, and now that's what everyone should look like. Well, it looks good, though. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're scary as shit. Those spiders. <laughs> no thanks. All right. Spine thorns. Yeah. Fuck those last ones. <laughs> maybe these ones will be better. Yeah. Uh. Maybe. This small bush lacks any leaves. It so is... far, so good. No catechin brain leaves that will inf- affect my nervous system and control me. Right. It is tough, black, and thorny. I don't like thorns. Unlike every plant, other plant in the galaxy, this plant is harmless. Unless you touch it. Oh, God. <laughs> when it is touched, the thorny branches begin to writhe and constrict, stabbing and slashing anything that gets tangled within them. Great. Just another another hazard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's Damn. what you want. Uh, all right. Ooh, this one probably is good. So now let's go to Spongeweed. Sponge weeds can survive long periods of drought by sinking, shrinking itself. When water is once again available, it rapidly expands its many small parts, forming one large organism again. It is very difficult to move through when hydrated, even trapping large vehicles. But overall, not so bad. 
I until like, a human's trapped in it, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, I like to think that, like, when it's... <laughs> and then you starve to death. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to think that when it's, like, wet, it's, like, large, right? It expands like mm-hmm. sponge. And so you're... Let's say you're in it, and then let's say it dries, and it starts to constrict around you. Like, I like to think bones. that it can still, like, trap you like that. Okay. okay. And then it crushes your skin, and then, like... Yeah, like, you can... You, all, like, all your blood goes out, so then it expands again, and now you're, like, it's, like <laughs> fucking pool. Yeah. <laughs> I do like to think it's still dangerous <laughs> in that way. All right. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Tangle fungus. Tangle fungus. Tangle fungus grows in a mass of tangling hyphae over a... <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea. I, no. Don't, I don't know if that's how you say it. <laughs> over the surface of the ground. While not dangerous, it's extremely difficult to pass through. Hyphae is basically like many, like think branches where it's like lots of like... Yeah, but normally like seen on very small scales, yeah, right? Yeah, think like, uh, like a duck penis exploding. Like, nope. Yeah, that's kind of what it's like where it's like... <laughs> nope. Yeah. It, not quite. Just many. That many. blew my mind. I don't know where that came from. I'm not the, Googling it. I'm not video Googling it. How the have you not Google duck penises before, Jade? I thought you were a man of slanish. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm not a man of slanish. Thermotropic vines. Disappointed. Evolving on worlds where heat is a valuable resource, this fast-growing vine is adapted to find heat. If it senses heat near it, it shoots up a ah, tendril to trap the source, not killing or harming, but immobilizing. Oh. That's right. The vine then presumably absorbs the heat of the trapped creature and has spread itself just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So it absorbs <laughs> the heat and doesn't kill them? Well, I don't think it like intentionally oh, yeah. kills it. It's, like, not like, it's not like sucking think, your heat away. Yeah. It just immobilizes yeah, Like you. More likely it's going to go to like power generator stations and just like wrap themselves around that more so than yes. like a human. But, but it, it does could. catch you. Oh, yes. You're you going to freeze trapped. to death just because you can't even, no matter how thick your coat is, if you're outside for six days because you can't move, you're still going to die. Absolutely, yeah. It's just not actively trying to kill you. Yes. It's just and then passively you're, you're dead you. and your heat leaves you so that, like the it uncoils like, after yeah, your frozen corpse and people are like why is this idiot just <laughs> hanging out two feet from his door <laughs> <laughs> fuck alright and then the last plant that we have from this book is the Venus man trap Oof. otherwise known as Sarah Jessica Parper. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Why was it your mom? (laughs) That's weirder than mine. Yeah. I was going to say Mark's mom, but she's a nice lady and she listens to this podcast. She does listen, but she's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. Yikes. So the Venus man trap is found on many jungle infested death worlds, standing at over 100 feet tall. Let that sink in for a moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. These massive trees are a terrifying sight to behold. They prey on anything that wanders too close to them, even capable of lashing out short distances to capture its prey. Once the prey is captured, it begins to eat them, digesting them in its juices. Mm. And each of its leaves can move independently, making the Venus man trap an extremely dangerous hazard to be avoided at all costs Unless you are suitably prepared. <laughs> hundred foot Venus fly trap. Hundred foot tall. That's with like six leaves minimum. Minimum or capable. Average, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, capable of striking all out in different <laughs> di- directions. Even like tanks are not safe from this thing. Yeah, yeah, because it'll just it'll try and digest it. It just probably won't. It'll damage, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big boy. 
<laughs> now let me tell you about one more plant. Is it in the Rogue Trader book from 1987? No, it's called the Gimpy Gimpy, and it's real. <laughs> it's a very real threat. <laughs> it comes from Australia. Yeah, we talked about the Gimpy Gimpy when we were planning the episode. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Eric. I know what the Gimpy is. It's fucking terrifying. Well, enlighten, enlighten the listener. So it's native to Australia. It's very. It's a short plant, but it has really, really big leaves, and they're actually quite thick. Uh, but it looks completely normal and harmless. There's nothing on it you'd think is dangerous. Totally but try to s- it has... What? <laughs> I don't know if you know how to raise plants either. <laughs> On the Gimpy Gimpy's leaves are these tiny, tiny little needles. They're very small, like millimeter high. And if you touch it, they're barbed and they latch onto your skin and they leave the plant immediately. Uh, and then they, they emit like a, a neurotoxin into your bloodstream. And then within minutes... Like, depending on the size of how much you have, like, it ranges from, like, nauseating and, like, writhing on the ground to, like, nerve damage. Like, it will burn out all the nerves because there's so much pain running through your body. They can kill you, these plants. Uh, if you're, like, they'll make you go insane if you, like, get hit enough. This one what guy. What is wrong with Australia? This one guy, <laughs> he brushed two fingers, the Burst back the of two of his this? fingers on this plant. And within 10 minutes, he was vomiting from pain. Two fingers, he's, he lightly brushed, he said. And 10 minutes, he's vomiting from pain. Imagine if you fell into that. And it lasts, it could last up to months. Yeah, and, and the only way, like, is to go to a doctor, and even they have trouble getting it out, but they said the best field way to get it out is get, like, a waxing strip. Uh, like, put it on. Like, you have to press it on, and he threw up while he tried to do that because it was just injecting more neurotoxin into his body, and then you rip them out with this wax, and it yeah. doesn't get them all out. It's, so, like, described as the most painful. It's one of the most painful things yeah. in the world. Yeah. It's crazy. Why, Australia? <laughs> Why? Why would you make this? <laughs> So Why does this plant the fucking exist? Gimpy Gimpy. Is this thing like super dangerous to animals as well? There's a, an like, animal that actually eats off of it. Yeah. That's unaffected. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a, what? Yeah. But hairs, like the more hairs you have on your body, the less likely these little things sure. will have your to get to your skin. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. So. yeah. Okay. They have a more of a natural protection to it than we do. Okay. Because yeah. we're hairless mm. idiots. <laughs> we're weak animals. <laughs> Yeah, so dangerous. Yeah. So dangerous. Each one of us capable of killing a cougar. <laughs> Not me. But, whoa, hold on. I didn't say each if, of us. If Christian can do it, each one of us. <laughs> they're not even that long. <laughs> <laughs> if you measure them properly, they're only two feet long. <laughs> Technically, yes. Yeah. If you break their fucking spine, they're only a foot long then. <laughs> Just saying. Fold them all, in half. It all depends on how you measure them. <laughs> it's all about the fold. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was Rogue Trader from 1987. Some classic bits in there. But still like really good and a lot of that has carried forward. Like yeah. the even just the the character of what they're describing, a yeah. lot of that still exists. Yeah, like any you could mention any one of them being brought into modern 40k and be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't absolutely question except for anything. horses. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they everywhere? <laughs> yeah. No, they're yeah, it, it's very cool to also see how like things have been written and changed. Like yeah. uh, in this book they don't call it Terra. Yeah, they, they, they call, call it, it Earth. Earth. Yeah. Hmm. Which seemed an, like an interesting thing to me. Yeah. The space Marines are very different. The yeah. interactions between humans and orcs, like there's a settlement uh Hell's Reach actually in this book was a settlement where humans and orcs live together. Hmm. 
crazy. So that's changed a little. Yeah, bit. So <laughs> just a little. Basically, bit. so there are some massive changes. Yeah, anything that we haven't talked about in this episode, and even stuff in this episode, I don't think I'd take anything as canon. Not. It's a little tough. Well, except I for the stuff that they have brought through, like Amble, like Gyrinx. Yeah, yeah, like very few razor things. wings. Very few things. But there are some things in there that the Cetacean Devil the, keeps appearing. Yeah. Whether or not the, it's the same Cetacean Devil. Yeah. The book as a whole, though, like if you're looking for like information, it's not, not going to be very good. Reliable. It's it should be more of like a oh wow, like how much like it's crazy how this yeah. has changed yeah. or it's cool to know, see that. I you know why haven't they written about this in the past thirty years? Like there are some things written in here that just don't exist anywhere else, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, okay, cool, very cool. Anyways, I think that's the end of that episode hopefully uh, any of you world builders out there also got some cool ideas on how you could introduce this to your players i i think the word surprise your players is a better <laughs> than introduce this is not a Spri- formal lesson surprise. or anything this is uh don't dish. spit there <laughs> ah you've actually made my trap card yeah <laughs> oh man so yeah. good yeah cool well thanks for listening yeah and uh catch you on the next episode on the flippity flop, go check out Dylan our Patreon. On one of these episodes, <laughs> talk about his compare his home plan. I mean, home country to forty uh, k. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we got one of those back home. <laughs> <laughs> we wrestle it though. That's <laughs> what the children play with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. The giggles of a sweet boy. <laughs> Soft and supple. The giggles of the goblin under the bed. The hair giggles. That's funny. <laughs> okay, let's start this. Are you ready, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.